What's going on, guys? Earth's Mightiest Podcast is back in your earlobes. The Variant Issue, Episode 20, powered by Rageworks. To my left, as always, this week, the one, the only, Jimbo Slice, the scorpion to my Sub-Zero. <laughs> one of my all-time, all-time favorite, favorite arcade games ever. Love that fucking game. <clears throat> that game is the truth, that and Street Fighter. The intro music, as always, provided by the one and only Schematics. The track was Crash Course. As always, you can follow Schematics on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash schematics, S-K-A-M-M-A-D-I-X. And if you need beats of your own, you can email him schematics at gmail.com. Mr. Slice, what's the deal? Uh, the deal is I have a little correction section to make an apology to all the uh, nerds, geeks, mutants, and freaks who tune in. Um Apparently, a couple weeks ago, I had said that the uh, that image that image was putting out a book for uh, 160 clams, and it wasn't a book; it was actually a blind box, which I knew about, and I don't know how I uh, I fucked up that information, but I did. It was a blind box filled with uh, different different books, prints, all kinds of shit from Image, but all current stuff, nothing from like savage dragon or spawn or anything like that stuff that i'm not into stuff that i wouldn't even bother reading but apparently out of all those blind boxes there were 500 that came with some variant books okay that apparently i don't really know anybody that got any because uh apparently there was some kind of confusion with the packaging they messed up something where people were getting repeated books in the same box oh shit yeah there was a lot of unhappy uh a lot of unhappy customers out there with that but um, apparently also a couple of days before that box was supposed to be released, which was that Wednesday, over the the weekend right before that Wednesday, there was already shit like up on eBay. So everybody was like, well, how the fuck do these people have access to this shit already when it's supposed to be only released on Wednesday? So, you know, uh, yeah, the old the old hokey doke is at it again, you know. That's it. Circle jerk. Yeah. And and uh, like I said, it retailed for 160 but the black market flip was like going for like three and three fifty. Wow. Which I was like blown away by because I wouldn't even drop one sixty on it, let alone three or three, three fifty. You know, that's pretty insane. That markup, yeah, man. So that's what it is. So Secondary I just, market. I just wanted to uh, correct that real quick, actually. And I, and I came, I came bearing gifts for you today. Oh, what is this? Yeah, yeah, little little something, something. Oh, this is pretty dope. Yeah, I, I really like that that print on that shirt. I thought it was very ill. Classic Spidey print. On a very dope tee. Thank you, Mr. Slice. Yeah, I appreciate it. No doubt. I got you a double XL. I know you're normally a, a size down from that, but this double L looks double XL doesn't look like a true double XL, so nope. I feel like it'll fit you perfect. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. No doubt, man. Enjoy that. Um <clears throat> sliding right on into uh new comic book day and variants. <laughs> you got your pen ready? Yes, sir. I just want to let everybody know while I rattle off all these books and the variants and how much and what's going on. Rich takes the time. Richie Rage takes the time to to jot all this information down and put it up on the website with the link on rageworks.net. <laughs> that takes a fucking shitload of time. Nah, it's all right. So uh, appreciate what he does when you go on the site or I'll beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate that. Um, Boom. Right off the bat. DC Batman number 28 drops the variant cover for this is oh nice artwork nice, is classic. amazing I'm mentioning Batman uh, once again 
I forget the number, but I forget what, what Batman book it was, but it was the uh, key issue, in case anybody doesn't know. Batman proposed to Catwoman. That's right. That was a huge thing. So I know that that drummed up a lot of attention for this book, so I'm mentioning it for the DC heads. This is disturbing that this has a second printing, but I'm, I'm going to mention it because it is. Batman and Elma Fudd, special number one, <laughs> got a second printing. What the fuck are you people into? <laughs> who, who reads this shit? I don't want to read a book about fucking Batman and Elma Fudd, but to each his own. It's so fucking bizarre. DC Bombshells number 32 drops today, August 2nd. Damn, I can't believe we're in the eighth month of the year already, man. Yep. This is fucking crazy. What number was that? Bombshells number 32. Wow, that book is on a 32-issue run already? Yo, meanwhile, a lot of the other books are only up to like 11 and 12, maybe 15. Jesus. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, that's that's a hot item right now. Yep. So I guess they're trying to crank that out as much as possible and squeeze yeah. that lemon dry. Yeah, I mean when we were when we were at Toy Fair, the the overwhelming amount of DC bombshell stuff they were cranking out from little figurines to full on action figures to statues. I wonder if the book is pops. actually worth reading though. Like, is it a good read? I, you know, what's weird with that stuff. You know, whenever I look at DC bombshells or any of that, I always think of like Elseworlds when they did all those alternate takes on all those different stories. Right, right, right. You know, Superman, Red Sun. Uh, you know, all the different Batman. Mm-hmm. You know. That's how I always look at it, and people really dig that stuff, especially on the DC side. I know a lot of hardcore DC fans like all that alternative history, all the those b- bizarro, yeah, all the crazy, or, or like the Injustice book. It's yeah. like an alternate reality. Yep, all I'm that not crazy into stuff. It, man. Um, Deathstroke number twenty-two drops, which I hear is a, it's a decent story. The little kind of all over the place, but I hear it's decent overall. Yo, this dude on on the Deathstroke cover. Do you know who the hell this is? Because I don't. Oh, uh, that's Doctor Light. Oh, see, you would know. I'm not a DC guy like that. Yeah, Dr. Light is a real piece of shit. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Sounds like I like him. Rapist, killer. Oh, great. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't like him. He uh, he was part of the, uh, the I believe it was the either Final Crisis or Infinite Crisis. I'm a little rusty with that. But uh, he raped the wife of Elongated Man, who, um, yeah, I know <laughs> there's there's a lot of jokes there. Um, <laughs> with, elong- with Elongated Man, yes, which is which I always call bootleg plastic man. Um, that name has to be one of the worst fucking names in the history of superheroes. Well, don't worry, because you'll be hearing a lot more of it because he's showing up on The Flash this season. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. Well, thanks for fucking spoiling that, Well, pal. that's not... I didn't want to... That's not a spoiler, though, because... It's not? No, not at all, because that was everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it was everywhere. Apparently, I wasn't looking everywhere or hearing it because I this is the first time that I'm fucking hearing this shit. Well, Jesus Christ, man, you're the you're the fucking guy with all the intel. I, you, I thought you would have heard it first and then yelled at me that somebody told you. Dog, you know I purposely <laughs> avoid all of that information. You purposely avoid it, but it ends up falling in your lap. Nothing you falls <laughs> in my lap. Just so everybody knows before we start to fucking record, okay? Rich pulled out a fucking gun and held it in my mouth. And said, boy, you're going to watch all these trailers. And fucking made me watch all the San Diego Comic-Con trailers, which I've been avoiding like crazy. Fucking Scavone sends me links. I'm like, I'm not watching it. What do I do? I come over here and I'm fucking held prisoner. But it was worth it. Uh, I don't yeah. know if it was worth it. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah, we will. Um, speaking of Injustice 2, Injustice 2 number 7 drops. Um, once again, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking aggravated because... Injustice two number four, I told you what happened to me. Yeah, you stopped. And then, and then my uh, my boys over at Best Comics, they dug in the vault and reordered the book for me. 
and the book that showed up was in fucking worse condition than all the stores in the crappy conditions that their books were in that day. Wonderful. So I guess it's not meant for me to read number four. And if I don't have number four, guess what? I ain't reading the fucking story without I ain't it. reading it. Yeah, exactly. I ain't reading it. So you know what? I, I guess it's just time for me to just uh, to cancel that fucking book because I'm not reading an incomplete story. It's just not happening. Nope. Because it makes sense to me. Um, over on the side of Marvel, we have Black Panther number one, which is a True Believers cover for $1. $1, Black Panther number one, and that is the uh, Jack Kirby cover. Oh, nice. Real old school. Yeah. I know, like, the older cats seem to love Kirby and his style. I don't I don't dislike it, but I don't love it the way the older heads do. Yeah, it's it's weird because I always look at it and I think of old uh, DC Super Powers action figures whenever remi- I see it, his style. That style definitely reminds me of those action figures. Yep. The, uh, like with the Mr. Freeze where you put him in the freezer and he actually yep. turns blue. Yep. Absolutely. Um, another true believers by you know Kirby cover as well is Captain America Lives Again for one dollar. And I actually remember this book when it came out. Like Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember, that, I remember that cover. Um once again, like if you have a little kid who wants to get into reading books and you don't want to throw the three, four, or five dollar mark down, it's one buck. And you can read the story. Yep. One so, buck is all it takes. A dollar is nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready to start buying them again just to read them for a dollar. And I also think that those books are also very good if kids are interested in learning how to draw superheroes because that classic style, style right. gets replicated. If you remember, there used to be a book, and I remember I had it because I bought it from my brother. It was called How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way. Yeah, I have that. <laughs> so have you know, that. you know, and, and the basic blocks to draw a character would be the squares, you know, the circles, and then boom, when you're done, it's a character. And you, you're just like, what the fuck? Did you know, I just the do? majority of artists that I know, that's how they draw. They start drawing the shapes and then kind of fill in My brother the blanks. Does that. I can't draw that way. That's not the way I do it. He actually it. has like the wooden mannequin in the circles. Yeah, I, I, I cannot. I, that's not the way I draw. I just kind of look at something. You freehand. Yeah, I don't. I just, I just, I don't know. My brain doesn't function that way. Um, I'm mentioning all of these for you. I'm surprised that you didn't send me an email on these. Champions 11 gets a Marvel vs. Capcom cover. You know what's funny? I'm shocked that you didn't fucking send I'll tell you why that happened. Because I heard about the Marvel vs. Capcom covers from third-party info because neither Marvel nor Capcom sent me shit. Oh, okay. Well, there's my answer. So there you go. So I'm assuming they're doing this to pump up the video game? Yep, which comes out in September. Now, Champions, like I said, Champions number 11 gets his Marvel vs. Capcom cover. Um, I know this is Nova. I do not know who he's fighting. I'm sure you do. Uh, he's fighting Zero from Mega Man X. That's what I thought. That's what I thought it was. But they made him not so cartoony looking. Yep. They, you know, he has like a very anime look to him. Yeah. The new graphics for the game make them look a little bit more. Yeah. Aggressive. aggressive right. Yeah. So I'm gonna mention all these books for you because I know you love that game as well as I do. I don't know if I love that particular version of that game, but uh, this is all you. Generation starts today. All right. This is where they're going to be reintroducing classic characters back into the Marvel Universe. Yeah, the legacy stuff. Yeah, I don't really like the way they're doing this. I'm always bitching and whining about something. Uh, so the first generations come out is uh, Banner Hulk and Totally Awesome Hulk number one. Right. Which is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard of and seen in my life. I hate this concept. It's a stupid fucking idea. I hate the fact that there's two Hulks. This idea sucks. I can't wait till this fucking scrap gets scrapped. But you know what? All these young bucks, 
they love totally fucking awesome Hulk. Well, you because know, because you know what? This is the Hulk that they're fucking growing up with, who I fucking hate. And that's and that was something you and I, you know, we've talked about off air quite a bit that we're reaching. You know, we're we're in the golden age where we're getting to see all our all our all the stuff we grew up with on the big screen on TV. Everybody's consuming it. Everybody loves it, and it's great. But in the same instance, in that same fire, Marvel is forging new new paths for new fans. So what's happening is it's almost like a changing of the guard. Like I we're, hate it. Yeah, like we're sitting here and we're watching it before our eyes. I feel like, like they're pushing us into a grave. That it, 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 in a way, I can I can definitely understand that feeling. But I also look at it because they're creating all these characters and they're also just making them easily accessible for a lot of these kids who are searching for meaning. You know, in, in, in 2017, there's more bullying and more social, more social unacceptance than when we had growing up. Like when people hated other people when we were growing up, they were really in your face about it. But now with social media and hiding behind keyboards and hiding behind fake profiles and all this other shit people you know kids get bullied a lot and they're not seeing what we saw like we gravitated towards comics and stuff because we felt connections with those characters and the kids they do for the most part but i think they're trying to do it more so to give them something newer to hold on to and that's not that's not the case across the board that's what i'm seeing a lot of with like kids that like like miles morales spidey or they like uh, you know, totally awesome Hulk is weird because I, you know, the people that I know like him, they just like the way it's written, not so much the character, which whatever. But a lot of people that I feel that like, like Miles Morales, Spider Man, or Miss Marvel, don't don't call him Spider Man. <laughs> don't don't do that. He's not Spider Man. They are they're they find a kinship with those characters because they can relate to them on that level. How so? From a, from a vi- just from a visual standpoint, from people just feeling a kinship to people that look like them. It's weird, but it happens. Oh my God. The social justice warrior fucking war continues to march on. Yeah. But that, but you know what it is? I'm not even saying Cry me a motherfucking river. I'm not even saying it from that standpoint. A lot of what happens nowadays is that, you know, and, and people have talked about this growing up. I'll give you an example. And I don't want to beat it up too much because we got other shit to cover. But think about it. Growing up, when you saw Barbie in a store, Barbie was only one color. And? No, no. But think about it. Barbie was only one color. Uh Ken was only one color. Uh And whenever you would get non uh, other Barbies of other colors, they were bootleg ones that you get at the dollar store that your aunts would bring over or your, you know. I know my aunts didn't bring me no fucking no, 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 Barbies. But, I don't but, know about but you. I'm ta- but, I'm talking to, <laughs> but I'm talking about like the relatives, you know. They would always bring you like the, like the, oh, he likes He-Man and you'd get like the Bodega He-Man. Right. <laughs> you know, like shit like that. So now I definitely got a Radio Shack Galvatron. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I wasn't mad at that. Right. But that's, I didn't have shit anyways. Right. But that's how it was. But now you know, a lot of girls and a lot of people, and I, and I use girls in particular because there's there's more things that are relatable for that. So, like Barbies now, there's white Barbie, brown brown skin Barbie, there's Asian Barbie. I want I want to fucking read. <laughs> oh, here we go. I want to fucking read that on a box where it says brown skin Barbie. Well, you know what? It'll what be? a shrimp on the Barbie. It'll be like, it'll be like <laughs> her name is like, you know, Maria. Cause you know, we got to make sure it's, you know, Maria, Maria or, Valdez. Yeah. Maria Valdez or Maria Velasquez. You know, it's always like Barbie's friend, Maria, but still, at and least- just for everyone 
to fucking to know this once again. I feel like I have to say this. Rich is 100% fucking Puerto Rican. Yes. I myself also have Puerto Rican DNA in me in case anybody was wondering. But that's and Mexican blood in me, all right? But that's what happens, you know, a lot of a lot of times. I mean, my own sisters, even though both of my sisters are handicapped, you know, we always tried to make sure that the toys they got and stuff, they got, you know, regular Barbies, but they also got dolls and characters that were relatable to them just to help them comprehend certain things better and i only and i did that mostly because of more so the handicaps than for any sort of acceptance but still you know it's like it's like when people move into neighborhoods where their ethnicities are they just want to feel a kinship yeah i don't fucking care but that's because um, I you're past every, that you're I past that yeah point. i'm way fucking past that. as am i but i'm very colorblind when it comes to the real world right but when it comes to the fucking comic book world i'm as racist as they fucking come <laughs> i fucking hate hate every in- reincarnation of every original character that marvel is doing i hate them all well i wanted to i you know i'm glad you said that only because i want to add to that in the sense that my gripe has always been the fact that instead of crutching on established characters like i've said in previous episodes just create new ones that people can relate that's to. what i've been saying or create some or, new shit or here's let's go a step further take the characters you have that are those ethnicities and promote them more aggressively. It's just fucking lazy to me. But, it's, but it's on lazy. the same token, the same people that want that representation should, again, cliched as it is, support the medium. Because you and I have talked about it on 100%. numerous episodes. How many times is everybody all of a sudden into Black Panther and everybody's pro-Black Panther? How many books of Black Panther have been fucking canceled? How many books of Black Panther are in dollar buckets when we go to cons? How many action figures have warm pegs numerous times? Same thing with Luke Cage. Give me a fucking break. I'm enraged that there's an Asian Hulk. I'm in fucking rage that there's a, a Boricua fucking Spidey, <laughs> right? I won't even call him that. He's the Boricua bug in my eyes. I'm enraged <laughs> that every almost every classic character, there's a female version to them. This shit just enrages me. I fucking hate it. Make up some new shit. How about that? Leave the OG characters alone. Make up some new shit, period. Well, there's only one notable exception to that that I kind of look at a little differently i would be just as fucking enraged if they turned black panther into, into a white f- panther fucking honky from alabama okay <laughs> a white honky from alabama white straight out the fucking trailer i th- but see that's like here's an example like x23 x23 was an established character fully established they gave her an origin she ran on her own for a while she took up the the mantle of wolverine to honor wolverine different different set of circumstances but just changing a character for the sake of changing one i don't dislike x23 i hate that they call her wolverine well right but she only took up the mantle to honor her father yeah i get that i don't care same similar to like what they did with hawkeye the two hawkeyes you know but i just feel that if you're going to continue that story or even with uh where blade now has a daughter where that's news to me yeah they're going with something and they're they're creating that narrative because According to what's been said, if they want to do Blade on the big screen again, it's a good way to get older Wesley Snipes still involved. Right. And then introduce, you know what I mean? So there's a lot, there's a lot to be said. I just feel that take your time and introduce new characters or big up the characters you have. But to the fans, and I say this to you fucks, <laughs> support the shit. Don't complain about representation. And then Black Panther numbers, you know, one through 10 are in the dollar bucket you know, a year after Black Panther was the big thing. Don't fucking do that. 
if you're going to support the shit, then support it through and through. You know, buy your Black Panther t-shirts and all that shit. You know, you want to be pro. And, and, and I'm being honest, even from a color perspective, you want to be all pro-black, that's great. Be pro-black, but support the fucking books because that's the medium that gets all the other shit done. Period. Yeah, you know what I say? Fucking support good quality written books yep. and OG characters. Yep. Death to all these fucking abominations. <laughs> all right? That's what I fucking say. Well, I, all right. Fair enough. I'll fucking... I'll, dude, I'll take every one of these books with all these characters, throw them on your fucking front lawn, and burn them with a fucking cross. <laughs> I hate them all. All right. They suck. Um, <laughs> Generations has like 13,463 variant covers. Shocker. And one of them is for you, Marvel vs. Capcom cover. Right. Um, this one's actually kind of cool. It's freaking Ryu giving Hadouken to Hulk. Oh, very cool. That's pretty cool. That is very cool. I cover. like it. I like that. I like the artwork. Um, shout out to my boy Josh, positive, positive, uh, positive J. He um, he's a big Alex Ross head. It's his favorite artist. And this banner and totally awesome, totally crappy Hulk number one <laughs> generations has an Alex Ross cover. So Josh, if you're listening, that covers all you. Hawkeye number nine gets a Marvel vs. Capcom cover. And Ooh. then and then also not they're not sharing how much these these books are. Like I don't I don't know how much they're gonna cost. I think they're gonna be three ninety nine. You know what? Yeah, you know what? I had to look at the actual picture because it's not any information. It's three ninety nine. So four shekels on the ducats for these books. And um, this is Hawkeye. I don't recognize his character either, which I'm sure you do. Uh, that's Dante from Devil May Cry and Morgan and Mor- from Darkstalker. I, yeah, Morgan I recognize in the, in the background. There's also another character here who I don't... Oh, it's Rocket Raccoon. Nice. He's on there. Um, Iron Fist number six drops. That's been a... You know, hasn't been a great story. It's been decent. That book is four bucks. Nick Fury number five drops. That story's been decent. Not nothing crazy, decent, you know. Spider Man number nineteen, which is another Marvel vs. Capcom cover. There's a whole bunch of shit going on here. I don't know. Chun Li's on the cover. Mega Man's on there. Black Panthers in there. Uh, Iron Man, Captain. Cap- you know what? It looks like Captain America is fighting the dude from Ghosts and Goblins. If I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yep, he is fighting Arthur from Ghosts Ghost and Goblins. That's right? correct. Yep, that's him. There's like a whole lot going on oh, in that. Wow. There's a lot going on in that cover. I'm yeah, like, that's Frank West from Dead Rising. Yeah, Rocket, I, figured, I figured you would know all these characters. Rocket Raccoon, Mega Man. Wow, they did a good job with this. Spidey, of course. Very cool. Black Panther I see in there. So I got a question for you. Do you, sure. do you want any of these covers? I am not going to get them. No. I didn't ask if you were going to get them. That's not my question. Do you do- want any of these covers? Uh, if I had to, <laughs> if I had to honestly say, probably the Hulk and, and Ryu cover, uh-huh. that would probably be the only one that uh-huh. jumps out because he's fisting the Hulk. <laughs> That's why you want that cover. <laughs> Moving along, answer my fucking question, boy. <laughs> All right, Spider Man, Deadpool number twenty drops. I stopped reading that book at like I don't know thirteen or fourteen. Is it a still hot book? I couldn't tell you, but my buddy Joe Kelly didn't do this story so i don't know i lost interest in that book it got too ridiculous and they got that idiot on the cover that i can't stand <laughs> what the hell is his name they just slapstick yep slapstick. I, I, I i just I, rubber rubber chicken in tow yeah I, I i can't i can't get into that no more i had a de- <laughs> i had to dead that book 
<laughs> Star Wars for the Star Wars heads. Darth Vader number four drops. Bunch of covers. Star Wars Rogue One number five drops. Yep. For the Star Wars heads, I love all that. Thor Ragnarok Prelude number three. This is fucking ridiculous. Now the movies are getting books. Um, Vision number three gets a director's cut. That seems to be a the new the new popular fucking the new buzzword. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get your money. You know, director's cut, whatever. By hook or crook. Yeah, and that thing, <laughs> you know, the, Vision number three, the director's cut, seven bucks. Oh my god. So I'm assuming that's a thick book. I don't know. And uh, crappy X Men Gold number nine. You know that that drops as well. I'm baffled that people really like that book. Moving on to next Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, August 9th. Over on on the image side of things, I got one thing I'm mentioning, and that's it. It's Young Blood number four. Uh, I know that you were thinking about maybe picking up what was it? Not Young Blood. What was the other one? Um, fuck. What the hell's the name of that book? Not Cyber Force. No, not Cyber Force. It was like Young Blood. It was like one of those. Not the Wildcast. Not Young Blood. It was something else. Oh shit! I and you showed me the cover. Yeah, too. last last time. Damn, yeah, I, I forgot. I can't remember. Anyways, uh, Young Blood number four drops. They're already up to number four. It's crazy. DC Batgirl and the Birds of Prey number thirteen. Nice. That's a well written book. The cover, the standard cover. I feel like James Rodriguez, our boy. Yeah, that could, definitely looks like, like, like a his style. like his style, but Absolutely. I feel like he could have freaked it better than they put out. And I actually dig the variant cover. It's the artwork is much, much more. I, I just, oh, I like that. Yeah, right. That's yep. dope. I like the variant on that. Like that looks like a little bit of Jim Lee ish. Yep. Uh, Batman by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Nice box set two drops, and that is forty nine ninety nine. That's a. Uh, it's three books in that box set, and uh, Schneider and Capullo make a great tag team. So, if you're into it, fifty bucks, it's yours. Hell yeah! Their their Batman run was some of the best stories, yeah, some of the wildest shit. Absolutely, I saw. Holy shit! Um, Flash number twenty eight drops for those who are reading that. It's got a variant cover and a standard cover. I don't know what's going on with that book. I dropped that book as well. Um, <laughs> I'm mentioning this for people. It's this is another one of those things that baffles me. Justice League and the Power Rangers number five. Who in the fuck is reading this garbage? Well, I think that that book was going to be canceled. That may be the last issue. Good. Because I'm getting tired of mentioning it. Trash. Mr. Miracle number one comes out. Wow. I haven't heard from Mr. Miracle in ages. I will be picking picking that book up. I'm not a big DC guy, but Mr. Miracle is a very ill character. And I definitely dig the cover. That's pretty dope. Husband of Big Barda. Right. I like that, and and the variant cover is pretty decent. I like that. That variant is dope. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check out number one of Mister Miracle. I like I like that character, and I feel that for some reason he's the kind of dude that you could do like an experimental like DC movie with and have some fun with it because it ties into the JL the Justice League. Mister Miracle is a very uh, interesting character, so to speak. Very complex. You could do a lot of things with him. And he's like the, I guess, if you want to say the version of Doctor Strange for DC. Yeah, and he's and he's married to Big Barda, who was one of the Furies for Apocalypse. Okay, so that ties that ties into, into some. Yep. Yeah, you could do like an offshoot with that. Yep. Uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws number thirteen drops for those who are reading that. Over uh, on the Marvel side of things, we have Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-one, and once again, my my boy Positive J, Josh. It's an I don't know what's going on, but Alex Ross seems to be doing. All the standard covers for Amazing lately. Huh. So that's an Alex Ross cover, if you're listening, Josh. 
Spider-Man number 31 also gets a Marvel vs. Capcom cover, Rich. Nice. And Spidey is fighting somebody who I have no freaking clue is. Do you know who that is? Yeah, that's Frank West from uh, Dead Rising. I heard you say Frank West on one of the other covers. Who the fuck is Frank West? Frank West is a, a guy. He's a reporter. He's a porn star. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's Frank a reporter. West, Frank North. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a reporter that's covering like a zombie outbreak, and he ends up just being like stopping he's the zombie apocalypse. A, he's covering a chlamydia outbreak. <laughs> oh, God. Now, I'm a little confused on this, so maybe you can clarify this. I will try. Captain America number 25 comes out. Okay. Th- but... Did you just hear what I, did you just hear what I said? Yeah. Captain America number twenty five comes out. The best of my knowledge, there's two Captain books. You have Captain America Steve, Steve Rogers, Rogers, which I can't stop talking about because right. it's one of the illest stories I've ever read, if right. not the best. And then you have Captain America Sam Wilson. Yep. This just says Captain America. Maybe they're reverting they're starting to do that legacy reverting. I don't know. Possibly. But it's number twenty five. Okay. And on the cover is Captain America staring down Sam Wilson, yep, with the shield in the background. Yep. So I don't, I don't, I'm lost. I don't know what the I hell's think going that they're on. gonna probably turn Captain America Sam Wilson into a regular Captain America book because from what I've heard, when this is all said and done, I think Captain uh, Sam Wilson's gonna go back to being Falcon. Well, he should because he's not Captain America, right? But you know, he was serving as uh, as Captain America at the behest of Steve Rogers, who no. passed it on to him. No. Yeah, I know no. you hate it. I no, know you hate no, it. no. I know you I hate, hate it. it. He's Falcon. End the story. Right. Um, <laughs> Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe again. Number three drops. Defenders number four and Edge of the Venomverse, which I think is a stupid ass idea. I don't like that book. I know a lot of people are digging it. Not me. Defenders number four. Defenders so far, just to let everybody know, is kind of following the uh, the blueprint of the Netflix series. Normally, I wouldn't like that. In this situation, I do. So if that interests you, check it out. Um, generations again. Uh, this is annoying, man. This is so fucking stupid. This idea. I'm not buying these. I'm not supporting this. Generations. Phoenix and Jean Grey. Number one. Right. Ugh. This is. Ugh, wow, man. People really. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I'm curious to see how people are gonna react with this crap. I, As I, am I. I hate it. Do, do you? Do you like this idea? I don't. I feel that it's an idea that can be done as a one-off if you want to try and re. You're using these bootleg characters to reintroduce the original character. No, I think I think that what they're trying to do is they're trying to use stories from the classics. Like I've heard, I've heard conflicting reports on how they're approaching this. I've heard that they're stories with the two characters together. I've also heard that they're individual stories of each character with then a story of them together. Either like, way, I've it's heard both of com- them in the same book. Right. I've heard conflicting things. I <clears> haven't, you know, I didn't receive too much, too many assets from Marvel about it. So the stuff I did receive was very minimal, very bare bones. So I think for me, if you want to do it and you want to just have some fun with it and do one shot books, whatever, if they're exactly that one shot books, if they're going to be ongoing series, you're just going to confuse. Everything. It's just fucking stupid confusing um yeah one shot book would make sense yep. even though i still hate the idea josh if you're listening once again uh this crappy book phoenix and and gene gray it's uh it's also has a variant for uh alex ross in case you uh want to pick that up groot number one which is a true believers book by you know and once again it's a kirby cover i'm surprised they're doing this but i guess you know they're trying to get Groot's people pop- involved oh. he's, he's popular from the movie Yakety yakety yak. One dollar for group number one, true believers. Um ugh, I hate this idea. Inhumans 
Once and Future Kings number one drops. How many fucking titles do the Inhumans have already now? There's the Royals, there's the Inhumans. I believe that's now the third or fourth right. book. And they're, it's like you're really ratcheting up the books before they're, the show they're starts. Trying to, I guess they're trying to get people into the idea of the show, which yeah. I'm not hyped on at all. Old Man Logan number 27 drops. Again, I hear it's a, it's a really, really, really great read. I probably should be reading it, but I'm not going to because I just don't like that concept. I actually was tempted to buy the Old Man Logan action figure that they did for Marvel Legends because... You enrage me. And I'll tell you why I almost did. Because one of the things I always tell people is, as much as you're all in love with Hugh Jackman being Wolverine, Wolverine is 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, the most. So get the fucking delusions of grandeur of tall, beautiful Wolverine out of your head. He is a short stocky belligerent son of a bitch yeah smoke cigars exactly and the figure that they did for him with old man logan was him he's shorter you know he's a shorter figure in relation and he has like the gray hair he's built like a wolverine like his and his hair is gray like like mine right right. so so i saw it i was like that's and he has like the jacket with the fur like we had the denim jackets right and i was like "Ah, that's kind of cool i wish i still had that jacket i don't even know what happened to it (laughs) i have mine upstairs in a closet of course you do in the closet where you belong. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Get in the fucking closet. <laughs> Rocket number four gets a Marvel vs. Capcom cover. Of course it does. And um, the artwork on this is pretty fucking disappointing. It's Rocket Raccoon fighting Mega Man. I do not like the style. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I don't like that style oh. at all. But I'm just going to mention it because, you know, right. I'm trying to lure you out of the closet. <laughs> um, Secret Empire number eight drops. Once again, it's got every Secret Empire that com- comes out has like a million freaking variants. Um, also has a Marvel vs. Capcom variant. It's just nonstop with this shit, man. I'm, they're really going hard with this Marvel Capcom crap. Which, I, you know, I get it because you want to create, you want to generate a buzz for the game. But rest assured, the game has a buzz. <laughs> this is obviously Captain America fighting, once again, I'm sure you know. Uh, he is fighting Chris Redfield from Resident Evil. Yeah, right. What he said. <laughs> um, for the Star Wars heads again, Star Wars. Damn, it's like a lot of Star Wars books. Star Wars, Dr. Aphra, number yep. 11. Star Wars, Rogue One, Cassian and K2SO, number one drops. Wow. Like, they're going hard with the freaking Star Wars titles. Wow, they, they gave Cassian and K2SO their own series? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, Thor versus Hulk, number one True Believers, which is a pretty awesome story. They actually made that into a, a cartoon a few years back. But that gets a True Believers Kirby cover. One shekel for the price tag on that book. And finishing things up, we have Venom, number 153. Which is, you know, all this fucking building and waiting for Eddie Brock to come back. And they got him fucking fighting dinosaurs. Dinosaurs? Jesus. What the fuck? What the fuck are they doing? What were they thinking? Is he at least fighting devil dinosaur or dinosaurs? Why why don't you take a look for yourself? Oh, it looks like he's fighting devil dinosaur. It's stupid. Well, devil dinosaur is an established character. It's a fucking stupid character. Blame Marvel for taking him out of well, the, I taking can't the blame cobwebs. DC. Take, take, blame Marvel for taking the cobwebs off that character. I always felt Devil Dinosaur was such a. Oh yeah, it's a it's a dinosaur. It's like all right, Devil Dinosaur. That is a fucking lame ass yeah. name. Yeah, he's a red T Rex. Well, he sucks. I hate him. <laughs> Put him on your fucking lawn with the burning cross and the rest of the shit bag characters. Jesus. 
Uh, and and Venom 153 gets a Marvel vs. Capcom cover as well. And this one I actually kind of like. It's Spidey. And now I, I'm going to say his name is Hagar, but I could be wrong. But this is the cat from the Neo Geo game because I remember I used to use him as a wrestler. Uh, you are correct. He is fighting Hagar. All right. But it's not Neo Geo. Okay. It's a Capcom game. It's Final Fight. How fucking dare you correct me on the show? <laughs> you asked. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was one of those guys. Yep. I don't know well, everything. They've been they've been putting those characters gradually in the Street Fighter games. In Street Fighter Four, you could play as Cody. Uh, in Street Fighter Alpha, you could play as Guy, the dude in the red gi. At least I got the name right. Yep, you did indeed. And that is your list for New Comic Book Day, both today and next Wednesday. That's it. Get your money ready, folks. Yeah, I'm gonna be saving a lot because. I, yeah, you uh, got nothing you're jonesing for. That's good. Your no, wallet takes a break. Thank God, because those 29 Jim Lee X-Men trading card variant covers destroyed me. Destroyed me. 29 covers at 4 bucks a pop. You Ooh. do the math. Oh, God. <laughs> I would call you like every Wednesday. I was like, yo, I got them all. Everyone that came out today, I got them. It's, so, wow. As a matter of fact, didn't I give you one? Yes, you did. Which one's Psylocke. like Psylocke, right? Yes, sir. I know, I know you like that one. Yep. Yep, so that's the list for these uh for these books for today and next Wednesday. Yep. Um moving moving on, we have a, a lot of updates for uh for movies from San Diego Comic Con. Yep. A lot of trailers were dropped for movies, trailers were dropped for for ongoing series, both on regular T V and Netflix. Yep, absolutely. So we, we got a lot to discuss. Um Hellboy. Hellboy the movie is that's right. They're, they're redoing Hellboy. They I, are doing Hellboy. Uh, David Harbour, who uh, played the sheriff in in uh, Stranger Things, is going to be playing Hellboy. Uh, the film's going to be they're going for the R rating. Yeah, uh, no, I, I know that. And um, he was actually at San Diego Comic Con signing posters for it. Uh, Dark Horse ended up emailing me his schedule for for San Diego. And, um, you know, he, he seems very excited for the role. Um, I'm curious to see what he brings to the table. I mean, reading the older Hellboy books from Dark Horse, um, you know, the darker tone, I'm curious to see how they pull it off. At the end of the day, it's going to be, it's an uphill battle because Ron Perlman did such an amazing job as Hellboy to create something new. I mean, you know, we've gone through, you know, how many incarnations of Spider-Man, how many incarnations of Batman, and each per, each actor brings a different thing to the table. But with Hellboy, you know, Ron Perlman just was hellboy like watching him on screen it was just such a such an amazing display of bringing a character to life you know before everybody was you know you know sucking on the marvel teat so to speak you know movies like hellboy you know those movies were really getting comic fans into theaters before marvel and dc started to really take shit seriously for me hellboy the the movie the first one and the second one was is basically the only superhero films that I can say it got better. Like the second one was just that as good as the first was, one, if not better than the first one. Love that second movie. I thought both Hellboy movies were excellent. Um Ron Perlman did an outstanding job. He was also one of the villains in one of the Blade movies, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct he was. Um you know You actually bought me a statue of that Hellboy. I that's have right. upstairs. Exactly. That's right. I forgot about that shit. That was a long time ago. Yep um because i was a big fan and i remember i saw the statue it had the broken finger oh, that's right and we saw it at, at a certain retailer's booth and mm -hmm. it wasn't doing any damage 
he wasn't doing any anything for it monetarily, and then you mean taking nowhere. money off. Yeah, I don't know if it was for a birthday or for Christmas, and I you bring me this big coffin sized box. I open it up, and it's fucking Hellboy. He has an awesome statue. Uh, had a real has a real jacket. Fucking bananas. It really is a dope piece. Yep. But those those movies were incredible. Yep. Um, I'm very ambivalent that they're rebooting Hellboy as far as the movie goes. I'm not mad at the fact that it's an R-rated movie because, no. you know, he's kind of an R-rated character. I agree. But I I really wish they would have made it Ron Perlman again. Well, because you know what? There's so much makeup on that character and the latex and the mask and all that. You don't know the actor. Like you, until like, you see Like it. the actor's face does. You know what I'm saying? Like he well, did such a good job. Well, it was crazy because Ron Perlman and Guillermo del Toro were pushing for so long to do a third film, to do a third film, to do a third film. And then they decide... Oh yeah, we are going to do a third film, but uh, not with you guys. Yeah, that's and whack. you know, it, it, with Del Toro's case, he was working on some other projects. I understand, but with Ron Perlman, it was just unfortunate because he genuinely loved the character. He actually uh, went in makeup to do a, um, I believe it was a Make a Wish for a little boy who liked oh, really? the boy, and they showed like him getting into the makeup to go see the little boy. And that's um, awesome of him and, to do and, that. And and. and you know, back then, and he used to say it to put that makeup on. It took a, a long, shit ton of work, and he did it. You know, for for this for this kid. That's awesome. But um, you know, David Harbor, he's a, he's a solid actor. Uh, I'm curious to see how they how he looks. I mean, David Harbor, he has a beard, and Hellboy's been drawn lately with the beard, which I don't like at all. So, I don't you know, like that look. Because they're probably going to go gives with him that, that whole uh, Satan esque type of yeah. aura. So they're probably going to go with the you know with the bearded. The bearded look for him, I, unless they, I don't like that version at all. And I and I also feel that even though David Harbour is a big guy, Ron Perlman is just a tall, big dude. Like he's just a naturally big. You know, who he reminds me of the the actor who played Herman Munster. Right. Like Fred Gwine was just a big guy. He didn't even have to try. He just looked like a big dude. You I know? think you hit the nail on the head before. For me, Ron Perlman is Hellboy. So to replace him was a fucking stupid move. Yep. So I don't it's not know. Like Ron Perlman's like eighty five and like decrepit and on top of the fact it's not like he's an expensive actor you know I'm, uh, how much were you really paying him you know? I, I, I really don't know you know you know what kind of shocks me about that kid you were saying with from the uh, make a wish foundation that it, that's what he requested because yep. i feel like hellboy is more of an obscure character yeah i think uh, i'll see if i can find the piece so that that kid's obvious that kid obviously knows his books and then you know that's awesome that that perlman went out and did that it's too bad that they're uh, the changing the actors for this. I don't. I don't understand why they're doing that. If you want to reboot it, reboot it, but use him, man. Because, like I said, and you said, he is basically Hellboy. He's one of those characters. He's one of those characters. He's one of those actors that I. I want him playing the character. I don't yeah, want see the little change. boy got made up as Hellboy, and then when he went out to meet him, oh wow, look at this. There he is, and made up as, wow. as Hellboy, and there he is with the little boy. Wow, and Ron, how long ago was this? This was a few a few years back. Oh, a few years ago, okay. Uh, I was gonna say because that looks like as fresh as the day we saw 20, the movie, twenty twelve. It looks like. Oh wow! So just just so just so you could see that the guy really was he was into the character enough that here we go. You know, five years ago, we're in twenty seventeen. Five years ago, he goes and he go undergoes this transformation, right? Not for money, just for a kid, right? So you know. Again, that's one thing I've always said about a lot of the guys that get immersed in these roles. They do really cool stuff. You know, like when Robert Downey Jr. took the boy the prosthetic arm right. that looked like the Iron Man blaster or Tom Holland going dressed as Spidey to all these kids' hospitals. And I feel like a lot of those things, though, are just very staged. A lot of them are staged, but a lot of them they just do 
for the sake of doing like with Tom Holland. I just hope they're doing it for the right reasons. Well, I think you know, not uh, not for the publicity stunts. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Unfortunately, with with that stuff and and people, you know, it's publicity in the sense that it is publicity. But for the kid that has a terminal illness, he gets to meet Spider Man. So it's weird because you know, for the for the suits, it's like yeah. But you know, for some kid who has no idea, it's just wow spider-man came to see me or right you know so it, it's it's a give and take it's like we know what the underlying reason is but the actors are still taking time out to do it and the kids they're, they're just you know they don't know they're just enjoying they're just enjoying the ride there's not too many things <clears throat> in this world that make me genuinely more happy than seeing a little kid's reaction light up yep being surprised like I love that shit. Yep, and that's that's the whole point. Like when they, when Tom Holland went dressed as Spider Man, it was cool because you know he he did all his own stunts, so he would like flip into like the kids' hospital room, right? And the kid would be like Spider Man, and he'd be like, hey, I'd probably kid. give them I'd probably give them that same reaction. Exactly. So you know that was the cool thing, also because with him, you know, he does parkour, he does all that, so he would like flip into the kids' rooms, right, or he right. would like you know do a couple of cartwheels into the hallway, right. and then he'd flip into the kids' room. The kid would be like. Oh my god, Spider! And they'd go crazy. I think there's video floating around of that, which was really cool. He'd take off his mask. He'd be like, "Hey, I'm not supposed to show people who I am, but I came all the way here to see you." And you know, kids lit up like Christmas trees. Man, it was so awesome. We have we, me and a buddy of mine, we have this ongoing joke <clears throat> about Charlie Cox, the actor who plays the Netflix Daredevil. Yep. You know, I I have run-ins with him, and I keep breaking my friend's balls. I'm like, yo, the next time. I see him. <laughs> Fight him. I'm going to fucking take a swing at him. <laughs> and he's like, what are you crazy? He's like, you're fucking under killing him. He's like, you're four times that guy's size. I'm like, yeah, but he's daredevil. So if he like, he'll sense that I'm going to take a swing at him, <laughs> you know, that's that. That's the fun part of that stuff, man. Like, like that, you know, <laughs> just for um, people. I don't know if they, you know, if everybody knows, but one, the woman gets an official release date. Yep. My lucky number, December 13th. Of 2019. That's right. I mean, I I, I watched one one the woman about I don't know eight times already. Yep. And um, I can't wait for 2019 because I I absolutely am in awe of of the actress Gal Gadot and the movie itself, the way it was written. I I can't wait. Yep. Wonder Woman continues to break records um, at the box office, continues to receive praise, and reinforces the fact that you know. It, this isn't this isn't just a boys club anymore that you know a female superhero film can be done right it was it and done, it, trust me i'd be the first one bitching whining moaning complaining if i yep, thought it sucked yep it was done correctly and man. that's and that's one of those things that i feel is is very crucial to to the story you know we again something i said like i said before you know a lot of people there's there's this fear oh we got to do this and this and this and it's like when you look at wonder woman when you look at you know the upcoming captain marvel film you get a good director, you get a good story, and the pieces fall together. Yeah, I agree. Um, Green Lantern. <laughs> uh, so DC's in the works. So yeah, DC wants to wants to pull the trigger on Green Lantern. There's a rumor we may see him in Justice League. Take take it as exactly that a rumor. But uh, Tyrese, yes, that Tyrese um, is is really really pushing to play John Stewart and. First, I'd like to open up by saying, fuck you, Tyrese. Stay the fuck away from my movies and stick to Fast and Furious or Soul Food or whatever other nonsense you show up in. Word. You are the fucking worst. You are only comic relief 
and no one will take you seriously. Not me. No one. I'm Not sorry. Me. John Stewart is pretty much Black Hal Jordan. I hate you know that's a that's a that's a. That's I a, actually like John Stewart a lot. I don't mind that version of the Green Lantern no, not at, at all. all. I just want to know why the hell are they bypassing Hal Jordan well, and going with him? Well, I, the reason I say I said you know that John Stewart is Black Hal Jordan is because in terms of popularity, you know everybody always talks about GL, and it's either John Stewart or Hal Jordan. And right. when you look at numerous DC cartoons, you either get right John Stewart. Well, those or are the two Hal most popular. No, you're right. It. Very very rarely, occasionally you get the redheaded stepchild Guy Gardner. Who I have a, a soft spot for. I like Guy Gardner. I like him too. I, yeah. Honestly, I like all the versions of Green I like, Lantern. Uh, I like uh, Green Lantern Mo from the Three Stooges. I just, <laughs> I just don't. I don't like that. I don't even mind that they're doing John Stewart. I just want to know why they're bypassing That's- Hal Jordan. And even a better question: Why the fuck would you pick Tyrese? Yep. Out of all the the amazing, talented African American actors that are out there. You're going to pick the guy that is the R truth of acting, and 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 to tell you the truth, and I, I I'm you know I'm basically contradicting myself right now. If I was to to scan and look for uh, an actor to play John Stewart, and I he and I don't like doing this because he already did a, a superhero character, I would be really be looking towards Wesley Snipes. I'd look toward Wesley Snipes, but I would probably look towards Idris Elba. I don't even know who the hell that is. That's Heimdall and Thor. No, he's too recent. No, but it, the thing about Idris Elba as an actor is that but you're when, right, you, though. when you he look at good. him and the way he acts, right. he is Jon Stewart. Right, right, right. Like his, he has you know, that subtle suaveness, but he can still be a badass. If, right. you want, if you want even more proof of that, look up the show Luther, where he plays this... Uh, this very jaded police detective, amazing show, uh, done in the UK, and it is fucking stellar. And the way the the intensity he brought to that role, I always said he would crush it as John Stewart. Well, I'm not happy with Tyrese. No, and I hope I hope to God that that they just yeah, they, they just I, I want don't. I want that. I just I can't have that come together. Hope that falls apart. Um, Ben Affleck. He just saw like there's been like all these rumors going around for the past couple of weeks about DC's already looking to to write him out of the stories because they want to go with a younger version of Batman. Yep. And then the news drops that boom, what he signed three movie deals. He signed, or four? He, signed he signed a three movie deal, uh, three separate bat. I believe it's three separate Batman films besides the Justice League stuff. Um, That's the most somebody got next to Christian Bale. Three plus plus that. Well, Christian Bale had to be. Not forced, but he had to really get a dangling carrot for that third one. But I'm saying though, he did. He yeah. was the one character. He was the one actor who played that character for three movies right. in a row. Affleck's doing the three plus all the offshoot yeah. movies. Yeah, the thing you don't see a an actor hanging around for Batman that long. The problem. The problem was, and and I understand both sides of the argument. You know, Ben Affleck isn't a young dude, and. They were like, fuck, you know, we're going to do all these movies. Well, by he the ain't time that they... fucking old. Jesus yeah, Christ. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. It's like, he's not that young. He's not that old. And let's remember, it was the suits that wanted the more mature, seasoned Batman. So blame your the fucking Frank, selves. The Frank Miller Batman. Yeah, so blame your fucking selves. You guys could have picked a younger dude at any point. Because back in the day, everybody used to talk about uh, this guy, Army Hammer, who who was who was up for for Batman? He was a younger dude. He played the Lone Ranger in the live action 
uh, Lone Ranger movie with Johnny God, Depp. I don't want to remember that movie. Yeah, it was, don't don't get me wrong. The movie was terrible, but him as an actor, he had he had he had a charisma that could work for a younger Batman. Right. But in any case, you know, you guys want Frank Miller style grizzled veteran Batman, then you got to sign grizzled veteran actor. And Ben Affleck, you know, he's he's making the role his own, whether people love it or hate it. And he's he's doing a good job, you know. It's not it's not terrible. You know it's what? Not great. It's just I, I gotta uh, I gotta say, a lot of people were bashing him when they found out that he was gonna play the role of Batman, right? And I was like, nah, nah, nah. I like Affleck, you know. Like, let's give him a chance. I think he's gonna do a good job. I hate him as Batman. I fucking hate him as Batman. There's something about his face in the that chubby. Cap- well, that was the it, chubby cheeks and the cowl. He, he just it's more than just chubby cheeks. That does bother me. His because the cowl is face, too tight. His face does yeah. not look correct in the cowl, and I know he does I know not why. look right. He I, does not look right, even in that fucking damn freaking Justice League trailer that you fucking held the gun to my head to watch. It, he doesn't look right. I'll tell you why. One of the things that is iconic with Batman is a masculine square jawline, and Ben Affleck yep. does not have. A square jawline. On the contrary, you he kind of does. He kind of does not, when he's not in the cowl. Right when he's not in the cowl. But the problem is that one of those iconic things is that when you look at Batman, it's like yo, even like one of the re- like women swoon over Batman when you only see half the motherfucker's face. Right. So let's think about this. So you know you gotta you gotta kind of put that together. You know they were talking about uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan who plays Negan on The Walking Dead. He um you know he played uh Batman's father. In uh, when they show the flashback in Batman versus Superman, and they've been saying that they want him to play Thomas Wayne for Flashpoint, which we'll discuss. And um, he's another guy that you look at; he has like a good jawline. You know, same thing with Josh Brolin playing Cable. Like you look at the dude, and you're like, "Yeah, that dude." Ben Affleck. It's weird, and I think that 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 look, to your point, definitely kind of throws it off a bit. Because when you look at it from a certain angle, you're like. Batman kind of has a little bit of the puffy going on. Doesn't look right to me. You know? Doesn't I, look right to me at all. You know, him signing off for the three films is a good way to silence the critics. Um, Matt Reeves being involved in the project, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but, you know, you got the three films, you got the Justice League. Just let the guy work. You know, like, stop fucking badgering the dude on social media. He's a he's a tremendous distraction to me playing Batman. Yeah. He's a tremendous distraction for me. Well, I can't, I, I, you know, like I can't escape into the role, into the movie. I can't get lost in the character. It's like, it, I can't explain it. I can't, I, I don't have the right words to, to describe how I, how I feel about it. But when I watch him play Batman, I feel like I'm just watching Ben Affleck. Yep. It's Ben Affleck playing Ben Affleck. I can understand that. Like Batman for me, when I, when I see Batman on screen, I want a person, I want an actor who's bringing intensity like commanding presence yeah he doesn't do and that that's for a, me. yeah he doesn't for me ben affleck like when when he showed up on screen alongside henry cavill who is a younger actor not as seasoned henry cavill commanded more screen presence 100 million percent which is crazy because think about it the, the rookie commands more presence has more the only thing about him i didn't like was just you know that superman wasn't a little bit more carefree you know like a little happier but for the most part, when Superman was on screen, there was an energy, there was power. Ben Affleck playing Batman is just as bad, if not worse, than George Clooney playing Batman. Yeah, they're I, both two distracting fucking actors. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They're both two good actors, but are not meant for that role. Right. 
they're not. I um I feel that in in that case, and especially now that that Gal Gadot's just grown into the Wonder Woman role, Lord, I feel that oh, Lord have mercy, do I love her? I feel that when Justice League comes around, like Batman's just gonna get lost in the mix because Good. even 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 uh Jason Momoa as Aquaman is stealing more scenes. He looks dope. Like he's commanding more. To me, he looks like he was born to play the role of Aquaman. Like he he definitely is getting you know he's growing into the role much like Henry Cavill grew into Superman. Like su- you look at Superman now, the guy really takes it seriously. You know, like he goes in there. The transformation that dude underwent for for Superman and Batman versus Superman, you couldn't even. You know, they showed a screenshot comparing how he looked in the first Superman right. to the other one, and you're just like, holy shit! You know, like the guy dialed it in because it's like he's like. I got to play the man of steel and I got to look like him, you know? Yeah. Affleck doesn't do it for me, man. That's a dead issue. Uh, Marvel movies. Yep. They, they released what Domino looks like for Deadpool two. Yep. Zazzy beats, which is also, I noticed has been driving up the value of, Domino of Domino's books. first. No, not even so much Domino books, but Domino's first appearance. Uh, but of course was it X force number, whatever the hell it is. It's got the yellow cover on it. Yep. Anyways, that book is slowly climbing up the numbers. Very irritating when this happens because, I mean, well, you know what? I shouldn't be so annoyed with it because I actually own the book. But slowly, slowly but surely, that book is becoming more valuable. She appeared in X-Force number eight. Number eight. There you go. That's her first appearance, and that book is super annoying because everybody keeps trying to, uh, you know, lock it down now and it's just driving up the price champagne dreams on a beer budget yeah exactly <laughs> um well it's not expensive though it's not no like but crazy. yeah but they're trying to be like oh i want you know they're just it, trying to cash in for that for that moment in time where she's I, gonna get a little exactly. a little shine for the movie exactly you know a 25 dollar book mysteriously becomes a 75 dollar book just overnight. yo if you're paying 25 dollars for that book you're paying too much yep that book shouldn't be no more than i'm 10 between 10 and 15 bucks in mint condition in my opinion Okay. 2025 is OD. Uh, man, Dr. Doom is getting his own movie. Oh, our friends over at Fox. Fucking Fox. <laughs> uh, fucking Fox, man. They're like, when you talk as far as like the, the, the totem pole, the pecking order, Fox is, is the fucking bottom of the barrel. Then it's Sony. Then obviously Disney Marvel. Yep. It's, it's, it's crazy because. You know, they botched Dr. Doom in that terrible Fantastic Four movie that they did. And now they want to give Dr. Doom his own solo film and whatever. I mean, if I, if I wanted to see a solo you're, Dr. You're, Doom... You're, you're concerned that they butchered the Dr. Doom character? What about the fucking movies? Well, no. The the movies were beyond... Well, let me Not rephrase. the first two. I'm no, talking not about the, the most yeah, recent yeah, one. Yeah, the most recent one had... had I, could, I could pretty much do a show on how much that movie sucked. And I can talk about it for 90 minutes easily. I'd, I'd rather watch shitty Spider-Man Homecoming uh, uh, <laughs> every day for the rest of my life the, than watch that Fantastic Four yeah, it was, once. It was, it was bad. You know, it was on cable one night. And I said, all right, let's see what the, what the, what the deal is. I sat through it. And when it was over, I'm like, wow, was this a Holy festering fuck, pile of shit? you sat through that? Well, you know what happened? <sighs> You're cable, crazy. Yeah, so when I, had my, when I had my office upstairs, you know, just... It's playing in the background. I'm working, and then I just just started, and I'm right. like, I'll watch it. And then as I'm as I'm working and I'm typing up some stuff and I'm watching. Well, it could have been that good because you were working and yeah. watching. Yeah, and I'm just like, wow, what a steaming pile of shit when it was all said and done. And the thing that got me was just that dot the you know they they ruined a lot of shit in that movie, dude. But Doom just got 
completely destroyed. I was like, wow, this is shit. And, um, you know, now they want to do a solo movie. And I got to be honest, if I had to see a solo Doctor Doom movie, I'd like to see Mads Mikkelsen play him. Um, Who the hell is that? Mads Mikkelsen played Hannibal in the Hannibal Lecter TV series. He was also the guy with the weird purple eyes in Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. Mads why, Mikkel- why, why would you pick that, dude? Um, the reason is because I feel that Doctor Doom needs to be a guy. You need a more mature actor to play him. You don't want a, a super young dude because, you know, the guy's a fucking scientist. You know, you want him a mature actor well, isn't isn't he you know correct me if i'm wrong but isn't reed richards and dr doom about the same age reed richards and dr doom are the same age yeah but if you're gonna do a solo dr doom movie at this point you might as well do a dr doom movie where he's already fucking established because nobody what, what are you gonna do recast another young reed richards again you know like well how about this just don't do a dr doom movie i mean of course, in, in in a perfect world, I would love to not have a Doctor Doom movie. In a perfect world, fucking Fox wouldn't exist when yeah. it comes to Marvel. Yeah, flicks. In, a, in a in a perfect in a perfect world, we would be seeing Secret Wars done by Disney and Spider Man getting the black costume courtesy of Disney. But that's just that's just us, you know, throwing it out there. But honestly, for Doctor Doom, if you're going to do it, the problem is you want to do a solo Doctor Doom movie, and Doctor Doom doesn't exactly have. A plethora of people that he fights besides I don't know the four. Fanta- exactly <laughs> which you've already blood you've already fucking battered and beaten <laughs> it's like what are you gonna do but here's the problem they're doing that movie not because they want to do a solo Doctor Doom movie but it's because we have to put a movie out to keep the rights right 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 motherfuckers yeah 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 you're right about <laughs> that's, that that's what that is you're right about that they're like oh we got to do something to it's keep like the we're making out. we're making a shitty spin-off off the fucking shitty movie yep just to keep it alive keep hope alive yeah <laughs> that fucking heartbeat is fucking done that shit flatline there's no pulse nope does anybody not. give a fuck because i know i don't nope i i don't but i know that this is the power play like dude just take the l and give it back before we get to all the trailers i got one more movie to mention go ahead and this is honestly I'm more amped about this shit than anything else. What's that? And that's fucking my God in the comic book world. Todd McFarlane finally finally announced that he signed a deal for the Spawn movie. That's right. There was a lot of rumors saying that the movie's going to be just Sam and Twitch and really weren't going to get Spawn. This movie is about Spawn. He he signed a deal with a company, I forgot the name Bloom of it. Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse, who's basically responsible for all these so-called horror flicks yep. within the last few years. And the reason why he signed with Bloomhouse, he explained because a lot of a lot of companies were pitching him, but they didn't want to give him the, the, the freedom the director the director's control. He signed a deal where he is the director. I was watching a ton of interviews with him. He was saying how over the years, you know, he, he has a story in his mind, how he wants to shoot it. I mean, who better else than Todd McFarlane to be the director for this movie? If anybody else did this movie other than Todd, it would not be the Spawn movie that we want it to be. You know, you know what the thing is? This is why I love him, bro. He's not like fucking Disney and Marvel and DC and this. Though he is the man who created this character, and he wants to be the director. Right? Who else knows this character better than him? You know, it's house. Look, look at the insane job he did with the HBO cartoon. Oh, absolutely. You know what the thing is that a he lot of- is a futurist, bro. He knocks it out of the park. He is so ahead of his time. The the thing about it is, and and there people always, you know, Hollywood gets concerned because you know Frank Miller's directed some stuff. Uh, you know, based on properties and things that he's done. And, you know, it's been met with mixed results. So 
I think Hollywood just likes to kind of, you know, take care of their own. Yeah, but, but at Todd, the end of the day, but Todd McFarlane is right. not Frank Miller. Exactly. And at the end of the day, you have to give the opportunity to the people who have their hands in the pot. I mean, this is happening now with the DC Cinematic Universe where, you know, Zack Snyder had his hands in all the pots, so to speak, and now they're moving it to where he has less hands on the properties and it's Jeff Johns who, you know, DC has his hands on all the properties right, and he's, right, right. he's actually, you know, getting involved in all the properties and, and giving more input and the studio's like, fuck, we got to listen to this guy. And it's like, that's what you kind of need to do. I mean, it's like the same thing with Kevin Feige with Marvel. It's like Kevin Feige knows what the deal is because Marvel's like, listen, dude, this, 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 and this. And he's like, all right, let's make it happen with DC and Warner brothers. It's like, well, this is what the studio wants and this is what you guys want. And we're just going to meet in the middle. Nope. That's not how this works. Nah, man. You know, Todd's got complete creative control. Yep. That's how it should be. He created the character and he's making sure that his creation is getting done correctly. And I can't wait. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. This is, I'm going to, I have to say, this is one fucking trailer. If they drop a trailer, which I'm sure they will, that I, I'll be patiently waiting like a vulture on a wire. I think now with the announcement of this film, I think uh, us seeing Todd McFarlane at Toy Fair ever again is probably never happening. <laughs> like, like in general, we didn't see him before. Now we're really never going to see him. Period. Why are you staring at me with this blank look on your face? You got to meet him. I did, but how many? You know, a year and a one year, one year prior. You got to meet him twice. I did. Not once, but twice. twice. I did, but. This was also when he was just out there just promoting his toys. Now, once you dip your, your toes in the Hollywood pool, that's the end of that. You know, now it's really going to be like bull fucking shit. Mark my words. Okay. Before this mortal life ends for me, I will meet and have kidnapped Todd McFarlane. <laughs> All right. I will. I will help you make that happen. Listen, you know me. I know almost every single person that I've ever wanted to meet or looked up to yep. or was a fan of has not only happened some crazy, the stars aligned, I've become friends with a lot of these people. This is true. Am I lying? No, sir. Right? I, I got to tell you guys, we, when we went to see Justice League Dark, you know, <laughs> I took, you know, Jimbo Slice went with me and my wife to go see it. And we, we played the role, got in there. And it's like, oh, the film's over. Here's the cast of the film. And Jimbo Slice is walking up like, ah, what's up there? Fucking, you know, John Constantine. And I'm like, this fucking guy. Just talking to John, the, the actor who plays John Constantine, like he knew the guy for five years, you know, I snapped a pick with him. It was it was a great time. And that's just how it is. It's just hilarious. I'm very fortunate. I live a life. and I get to do and experience a lot of things that yep. a lot of people would would die to do and will probably never experience. I've met a lot of famous people in my lifetime, actors, musicians, rappers, wrestlers, comedians you name it i've probably met them and somehow some way become not only just meeting them but become friends with them todd mcfarlane like i'm sorry once he meets me <laughs> i'm gonna be doing a podcast with him let me tell you I'm about gonna, my best I, I, friend I, I, I won't, yeah exactly like he's <laughs> he's my new best friend and he has no choice because i'm bigger than him oh, i'm like yo you you're gonna have to be my friend <laughs> like you're not you're not walking away from me and we're not exchanging numbers. Oh, my God. You're not going to block my number, and you're going to give me your address. <laughs> you know, we're going we're gonna to hang out and go to the movies together. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
<laughs> and, and go out on, on Wednesday and buy comic books together. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. All right. It's only a matter of time. And when I meet him, I'm, I'm going to, you know, like the huge industrial hefty bags. Oh, God. I'm going to fill up as many of those as I can with everything that I could get my fucking hooves on for him to sign. Oh, He's signing everything that I own that has his name on it. End of story. Action figures, books, statues, whatever it is. Well, if we, if we, you know, if we're fortunate to once again go to Toy Fair, we will try again. <laughs> I, I have to meet him. I have to meet him. It, it, look, if this comes down to it, so we're going to have to fucking find out this guy's address. Oh, God. I'm going to fucking show up on his fucking front lawn. Oh, I have to meet this guy. All right. I have to. Okay. On to the trailers. San Diego Comic-Con released a whole bunch of trailers. Yes. For those who haven't seen it, I was just forced to watch it. Justice League, Thor Ragnarok, which I'll get to that in a minute. Oh, boy. Stranger Things, Stupid Inhumans, um, Gotham Flash and Arrow, which I care less about all three of those things now. I really don't care. Supergirl, I never cared about. And the Defenders, which I cannot wait for. Yep. Uh, you seem to be really thrilled about Thor Ragnarok. I was. I am not. Okay. They fucking made the two ass kickers of Marvel, Thor and Hulk, complete fucking buffoons. How so? How so? They're not fucking comedians. Well, it's not even about comedians. Really? Because no. that, that didn't come off as a comedy to you? Because it did to no, me. The way that the and film- why is fucking Hulk talking? Well, Hulk always had a no, 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 no. He went through transformations. He to did get to that level. He did, but even in the in in his more brutish states, he still had limited vocabulary. Yeah, like two fucking words. Right, but even when he spoke, he was saying full sentences in that trailer. Yeah, but the sentences were very Hulk think. It's or, stupid. You know, it was it's still dumb. simplified. Uh last time I checked in Avengers one and two, the motherfucker wasn't talking. He did when he fucking bashed Loki and he called him a puny god. That one, that one little bit. But this was oh, like full I know, fucking I know, dialogue. But, but he spoke, and it was also the fact that in this film, yeah, puny god. Once again, two words, two words. But he's but this was full sentences, right? But the whole reasoning behind this is because, and I'm glad we're discussing. That's why I wanted you to see it. Um, according to this film, Hulk um, Banner has been in Hulk form for for the equivalent of two years in this film. So Hulk has had time to develop by being on this on this planet. That's the whole reason why. Like he hasn't changed back to Banner. That's why the scenes where they showed Thor with Banner, where they were talking about the fight that they had that he had with the Hulk, and he's like, and you know Hulk is like, uh, uh, Thor's like, oh, I won that fight. He's like, that's not right, you know, because he he's like he's aware that he hasn't been Banner for that long. Obviously, I'm gonna watch the movie. Right. I'm not ecstatic about this movie at all. Okay. And that's fine. I do not, aside from him talking, which I hate. Okay. I like when he does the one and two words. Okay. That gives him more. Yeah, like, you like the more simplified. The gorilla-like presence right. and aura. Yeah. I hate the way he looks. I Thank love you. the way he looked in the first Avengers. Right. The second one was all right. Why are they fucking changing the way he looks? Keep him the fucking same. Yeah, well, the hair thing I know is because when they were all captured, because when Thor gets captured, his hair gets cut. Whatever, so that, fine. That, I like, I like, I can deal with that. I right. can't. De- they, he looks like a completely different freaking Hulk, right? From the first Avengers, right? But that's also because when World War Hulk happened and he went as Savage Hulk, he evolved. This is on not, the. I mean, this is obviously Thor Ragnarok, but, but they this have, is AKA fucking Planet Hulk. Well, they have they took elements of Planet Hulk into the story, which in Planet Hulk, when he arrives on on the planet Sakar. He's still, you know, primal Hulk, but by being there for so long, 
like anything else, though, the beauty of Hulk's character, even in the books, is that he adapts to, you know, harsh conditions. He adapted to harsh conditions. That's all it is for this film. He looks uh, completely different. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure they're going to... This gonna, has nothing to do with harsh conditions. They revamped what he well, looks Well, yeah, like. they changed the design, but it's also indicative of what's happening in the film it's so, one thing to get a haircut he looks completely different his body looks different it just it looks dumb it doesn't look right and it's very cgi looking yeah very well, cgi the first avenger hulk that motherfucker look real right well we also were watching it on this yeah which, I you know, yeah i don't care we'll this see. shit don't look right um justice league that was it you didn't have anything else on that trailer no because i don't care Okay, fair I, enough. I, I really don't. It, fair it, enough. It bought, it bought, he, Hulk bothered me so much with the making him into that I just lost interest. I'm fair not. Enough. I'm not. I'm not amped the way you are at all. I'm fair more enough. excited for the Thor storyline and and Hela. Yeah. Uh, 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 but the Hulk part of the movie, I I don't even want to see it. To yeah. tell you the truth, I, it's I, not done correctly. I was I was excited for that. I thought that this trailer was the trailer we should have seen first. Mm. Um. You know, I like seeing all the other characters, Fenris Wolf, which we, we see in, in a scene with the Hulk. Um, you know, Hela looks tremendous, what mm-hmm. they're doing with that. And I Yeah, I, she looks dramatic. Yeah, I feel that that's gonna tie heavily into Thanos. Of course it is. Because that's that's where they're going now with the stuff. So I see that. Um I like Scourge, who who's her right hand man. The one with the axe, yeah, the battle so, axe. Yeah, usually he's with Enchantress, but clearly they decided to put him with, with Which Hela. is weird, but yeah. whatever. Yep. Um, you know, Valkyrie. They they're doing a lot of stuff in there, which is interesting. Obviously the the setup for this is is gonna lead right into Infinity War, which if you've seen the leaked trailer, you'd understand. Um like I said, I'm I'm excited for it just because me personally loved World War Hulk, loved the book love what they did with the character like how he just came back to get revenge uh, on the marvel universe for wronging him which in a way is the hulk's been been the hulk's thing for years it's like he's a bad guy most times to everybody because he accidentally destroys shit but when they need him he's automatically a useful tool so i you know i wish you guys could see right now rich's uh left nipple is actually lactating onto (laughs) onto the desk all right I'm 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 excited, you know. We are in a in a in a in an awesome golden age to see that. To I'm, think- I'm I'm staring right at your shorts. Clearly, <laughs> clearly you're excited. Clearly, you know who I never would have imagined in a million years that I read that book and I thought it was so awesome. And now, obviously, we're not seeing the full scope of the film, but we're seeing fragments of it. I'm more. On the, on I'm, I'm actually screen. more excited. <laughs> the Marvel guy is more excited to see Justice League. I, I did. I don't want to spoil what was at the end of that trailer and of wh- Thor Ragnarok with Thor with with Hulk. All right. Well, don't ruin nothing for me. You saw it. Oh, wh- what do you mean? When he was leaping towards a, a character, and I was like, "Oh, it's this fucking character." Oh, I don't even know. Oh. I, I just I don't even care, bro. Oh man, I, I don't even fucking care. All right, I'm not gonna spoil it for everybody. But if you if you if you've seen the trailer for Thor Ragnarok, you can hit me up on social media to, yeah, to chat about hit, it. Hit him up. Good luck talking to him. He'll be fucking milking himself the whole time. Jesus. Milking himself and fucking whacking off. You're an ass. Milk and whack. Yep. The law firm of milk and whack. Yeah, milk and whack. Exactly. So we fucking renamed this damn podcast. Jesus. Like I said, Justice League, that's the tra- that you know, that trailer 
definitely got me interested. Yep, your I, interest was peaked. You, I saw. you know damn well that the minute I fucking found out that Ezra Miller was playing the Flash, I hated it because you know I really loved the 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 show, Grant the Flash, Flash. And, and, and Grant Gustafson. But my my mindset has flip flopped about this because oh. the last season of Flash was complete fucking tr- was hot trash. I didn't like it. I hated it. Um, I don't blame the actor though for that. That's no, I don't blame the actor for that. That's bad writing. <laughs> yep. They just got to do their job. I I'm I'm not a big fan of the motorcycle suit that Flash wears. Yeah, I don't that that I don't like. And I know a lot of people, but it but it borrows in the Injustice game. The armor looks like that. So a lot of people were like not happy with the design of the yeah. Flash costume. Yeah. For the movie, I on the other hand, I dig it. You know, I I didn't I didn't dislike it, but then at, you know playing the Injustice games, I'm like, well, fuck, that's what he wears in the games, more or less. So I'm like, I'm not mad right. at that, and I have um, I've grown to like the idea of Ezra Miller playing the Flash. He actually, you know what? I think I'm going to dig his character a lot and, and and him playing that character. So I'm looking forward to the movie. Uh, the, like I said, the only thing, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's dope as hell. The only thing, and I really like what they did with the lightning with him. Yep. That was actually a really cool effect. Yeah. And he's kind of like that nerdy, smart ass kind of, almost like that Peter Parker type of persona, you know? Yep. Which I dig. Once again, you know, the only character that I'm not feeling in the movie is Batman. Batman. (laughs) And it's not the character. It's the actor that's making me not feel the character. Yeah. I, um, I saw the trailer. I was excited because there was a lot of, there were a lot of callbacks to a lot of stuff. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. really excited to see the parademons on the big screen right with 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 uh steppenwolf um i i think that it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those things get your saucepan ready pal huh get your saucepan ready no you know what it is for me i look at it from from the standpoint of i'm excited for the film it has all the potential to be awesome but it has all the you know when dc's concerned it's either uh one side of the scale Eh, or the other side of the scale gal gadot's in it no, and and she she can redeem that much like she did redeem parts of Batman versus Superman. But again, it's like in the in 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 terms of a complete story, you know, there's if if they don't bring it together correctly, it can fall apart or or one actor can overpower another. You know, it's one of those things we were concerned about with Avengers and Marvel's figured out a way to make that shit work. Side note, Batman versus Superman at the end, well not the end, but when when uh when Bruce is looking at that black and white photo on the computer screen yep. of Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. and they actually explained that photograph in the film throughout the course of the movie. Yep, I thought was fucking brilliant. Yep, and that's and but that's what I mean. Like when when you take your time and 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 really try to craft a narrative where everything is woven together, it's good. But you know when DC came swinging out of the gate, they 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 were flying in five different directions because they. You know, they wanted to give you Batman versus Superman, plus introduce Wonder Woman, plus give you Doomsday. Then you wanted to introduce the Suicide Squad and Amanda Waller and all this. Sh- all, I, don't know, all the- I don't know how all that crap ties in together. That right, but, exa- but that's what I mean. Like, you wanted to get all these characters front and center so that, you know, Batman could pop up with Deadshot and the Joker and Batman and Harley. You know, like it's they, very like, sloppy. Yeah, like they, like they just like like I've said before. When Marvel built their cinematic universe, it was piece by... This was years. Yeah, but I don't think that they had intended it to be that way. I no, think no, it no. kind of worked itself yeah, out it, to it, be that way. It did, but what I'm saying is DC could have easily have done 
a separate standalone Superman movie, maybe the end credits set up something for How about everybody else? get their own fucking individual movies right. and then make the Justice League movie? And bingo. So they just went from the fucking frying pan to the fire. Yeah, they just they just went from, you know, zero to 100. And I get it. You know, you wanted to come out swinging and you wanted to get the Justice League on the big screen very fast. But again, you're doing it at the expense of nobody giving a fuck about Batman, nobody giving a fuck about Superman and Wonder Woman kind of being the draw. And you got Cyborg, who is an who was an afterthought with the Justice League when Green Lantern's an original member. Right. So, whatever. Yep. I'm looking forward to the movie more than Thor Ragnarok. I, and I'm I, a Marvel guy. I'm, I'm looking forward to both for, for different reasons. For Justice League, it's that, it's that initial excitement, like when we first saw the Avengers on the screen for the first time. You know, it's like, I'm really excited because, wow, we're going to see the Justice League on the big screen, live action for the first time. Right. You know, the movie may... The movie may be good, the movie may be bad, we don't know yet, but just that 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 level of excitement, it's like something you'd never thought we'd be talking about now, you know? Well, you know, moving on to the TV shows, you know, I don't want to spend any time on this. I, nope. I'm so fucking over these shows. Gotham, The Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl all got, you know, the yep, little, little, little trailers. Yeah, little sizzle reels. Uh, you know, I was done with uh, Arrow after season two. I was just done with that shit. Um I'm pretty much done with Gotham and the Flash at this point. Okay. Unless you tell me otherwise while you're watching it. I know you enjoyed season three for both of those uh, shows way I, more than I did. Well, I'll tell I you, absolutely fucking hated the Flash season three. I'm going to I'm gonna throw a couple of things out there real quick. Um, for Arrow, this past season with Prometheus kind of brought things back full circle, went back to the gritty, more cerebral villains, none of the crazy magic nonsense. It was just... Uh, a cerebral villain that was one step ahead of Oliver every episode. And on top of that, the villain was just a, a bad motherfucker, which was good because it needed to kind of erase the stench of that previous season. And they did a good job going back kind of like to just, you know, back to grassroots with the characters and, and grounding the series, which I thought was a great step in the right direction. Um, you know, the season finale for that episode was a cliffhanger. They brought back a lot of great characters uh spoiler alert uh if you're a fan of deathstroke i'll just i'll just put that out there um flash the whole you know the whole savitar thing it was hit or miss for me like savitar's introduction was fucking phenomenal when he was introduced and then it and just then petered out yep it petered out and when it ended i'm like fuck all of this led to this. Like, I, I get where it ended, but I'm so anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah, it was it was anticlimactic. I felt that Savitar's introduction, that first, I, I think you mean Megatron? Second, yeah, pretty much. Like his introduction, I think it was second or third episode when he whooped the Flash's ass. I'm like, wow, this is gonna be fucking insane. And then it just, it just, it just garbage. It, it, so many filler episodes that had nothing yep, to do with the story. They had a lot of a lot of petering out in, in a lot of the episodes. Supergirl, I know Jimbo Slice doesn't watch it. Nope. Um, Refuse. Supergirl started very, very lovey-dovey nonsense with the sister and all these bullshit arcs. And then towards the middle of the season, it really picked up with a lot of the other stuff with Martian Manhunter and all of that stuff. And, you know, there were a lot of teases and a lot of things to look forward to. But I feel that as much as they're trying to do with that show they they don't have a lot of time to write the ship so i think honestly this see this upcoming season is going to be make or break for that show uh you know everybody says that the crossovers are the highest rated episodes which they are because they're always awesome right but 
if you're going to build up an entire show just for the one crossover, then just establish the character and use it for crossovers and don't make a fucking series, which, you know, it is what it is. And then Black Lightning, which is a new series coming out, also taking place. I don't know. What the fuck is that about? Black Lightning is a, is a character who is who's, exists in the DC Universe, and they're, he's getting a show on. on Black CW. Lightning? Yeah, Black Lightning. Why Why don't I know who this is? Uh, he's... It's weird because like, he's I, a, I'm here, all I keep hearing is Black Adam. Yeah, Black Lightning is a character. He's been utilized on and off, and I found I found it weird. Wait, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a hero. Um, he is uh been used sporadically. This was oh, an old man. Yeah, well, that was an old design. The, he obviously looks a lot different here. This character sucks. Yeah. So Black Lightning is going to. I be would next. rather see them give Static. A fucking a, a lot a of show. people. You're not the first person to static say that. Static is a dope fucking character. Yeah, static, static shock. A lot of people have been wanting to see something done with the character, but Black Lightning is next. But there's also a concern because, again, much like Supergirl, not exactly on the same continuity as Batman. Yeah, and, I mean, just, a Batman that's as like weird that as Flash and Arrow. So it may be another another Earth like they did with Supergirl. So oh, I can't. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, I'm curious to see how the show debuts and how it's how it's received you know i'll watch it and let you guys know but overall i just feel that uh dc's tv offerings uh arrow they have an interesting direction coming for the upcoming season so does flash supergirl i kind of feel is on the death clock and gotham just kind of fucking pedal to the metal went into weirdo world yeah i think uh the new season of gotham teases the the scarecrow yeah it does so they're uh they really put the pedal to the metal with batman with bruce wayne becoming batman yeah so they're, they're accelerating really, that. yeah they're kind of moving that up i think because they've realized that which is unfortunate because gotham is not bruce wayne's story gotham is jim gordon's story and bruce wayne is in it yeah it's the prelude and, yeah and people people just fail to realize like they're when are we going to see this character when are we going to see that character jim gordon's story it's all the origins that lead up to batman right and that's the thing that so many people and then i think but that, I, I told you i told you about yep what who who was going to be about inevitably for season uh yep for season four yep like i got that inside information from yeah. someone that plays actually on the show yeah and fox you know i feel kind of fox got a little scared and they're kind of just you know flooring it to get us to to the finish line so to speak with young batman and it's fine, but I just feel that in the midst of doing that, you're losing everything that made the show special. Yeah, in the process, I lost interest in season three. It was you know? just too all over the place for me. And then you know you got Gifted coming up, which takes place in the X Men universe. Who cares? Um, Cloak and Dagger, which is going to be on Freeform. Uh, you also got which is going to be on what? A channel called Freeform. It used to be ABC Family. Okay. Uh, so you got that, and then you have the New Warriors. I'm curious to see that. And I want to see the new Warriors. That's getting a live action show. I didn't know that. Yeah, with Squirrel Girl and all those characters. I don't care about her. Yeah, so she's in that. You know, Night Thrasher, all the, all the new Warriors. Night Thrasher's all right. Yeah, so you know, there, there's there's a lot of of superhero TV on deck for us. But you know what it is? They just think now because it's such a it's like it, the, the yep. popular thing right yep, now. Let's that just crank you it. You just all. fucking just put out all the characters. Yep, and I think that that is a very very big mistake. Yep. I think you got to kind of pick and choose what works. You're gonna start taking away from from the good shit yep and on top of that there's certain characters that can have that have a deep enough story that you could do a weekly episodic series and it works you know like the problem with a character like green arrow is that unless you start borrowing batman's villains wink wink nudge nudge because that's what they've been doing 
he's not exact. You can't, you know, five seasons. I'm shocked. It's, you know, I I thought maybe three seasons tops, but you know, we're going this far in. Clearly, they're they're going into the into the into the deep water. Same thing with Flash. Like Flash's Rogues Gallery is big, but the bulk of his villains suck. Yeah, we're you know, with that show, and no. and they're and they're giving him fresh coats of paint to make them relevant. But how far can it go? Moving on to the only two uh, shows that I cared about with the trailers are Netflix. Uh, the Defenders, which drops on what the eighteenth, the eighteenth, yep. which is a Friday, correct? Yes, sir. I'm expecting the Defenders to crash Netflix again. Yep, much like Luke Cage did. Yep, <laughs> and also my favorite show, period, Stranger Things. Oh my God, you talk about '80s nostalgia between the Vincent Price talking with the Michael Jackson song. Yep. Them in the Ghostbusters outfit. My hair is tingling right now. That is so fucking 80s. Listen, Jimbo Slice put Stranger Things on my radar. He was like, dude, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I'm an 80s whore. Yeah. And I was I was telling him, I said, you know, before I started doing the variant issue, you know, I had my own podcast. And then when I hung up, when I hung up my show, I said, you know, I'm just going to enjoy all the stuff, you know, not from a work standpoint, just for me. So when he put it on my radar, I added it to my Netflix queue and just a bunch of stuff popped up along the way. And then you watch it like seven years later. Yep. Watched it like seven years later. You know, me and me and my missus, me and my missus sat down and we watched it and we pretty much binge binge watched it over over a day and a half. And we were like, holy shit. And we just we just had a good time. It was a good feel good series. You know, we like certain characters more than others, etc. And when I saw the second season's trailer. Much like Jimbo Slice, I'm like, wow, they really went in deep. You know, they had a lot of awesome references, a lot of shit from from our respective childhoods that I'm like, wow, I remember that. And I remember, you know, Dragon's Lair. They they showed the Dragon's Lair game, which which I remember when that first debuted, everybody thought that was like the biggest advancement in video games at the time. And Dude, dude, they're just taking me back to my fucking childhood. Amazing I work. love that show, man. Amazing and and the fact that it's coming out around Halloween time is yep. so much better because I believe... When the first season dropped, it dropped in the middle of like the summertime, and everybody was like, "Why the fuck would you do that, right. man? Like, put it on Halloween time where it belongs." Yep, it just gets me. I, look, look, man, eighty shit in the fall during Halloween time. Yep, the leaves are changing. Like, that's my favorite time of the year. Perfect time to drop Stranger Things. I can't freaking wait. Yep, and um, you know this this coming Friday, Voltron is back for its next season. Uh, we get to see the uh, the Netflix series debut of Prince Lotor which should be interesting. Um, you know, we're going to probably see some some slight changes with the Lion Pilots. Uh, overall, looking forward to Voltron when it drops this Friday. Uh, you know, like Jimbo Slice said, Defenders is... Woo, only six a- episodes. Yep. Don't know how long the episodes are, but they're only six. Yep, only six. They're I gonna- can't wait because I was on the set for the Defenders a few times while they were filming. <laughs> Stalking. Stalking. Stalking and hawking. That's it. Don't don't be shocked one day, guys. No joke that you see like on you know season two or three of The Punisher that Jimbo Slice is fighting Frank Castle in the street somewhere. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but but in all seriousness, it's one of those things where uh, you know, and and I said it before, and it's cliched, but we are in a golden age of awesome shit. Like we really are. It's a great know. time to be a comic book fan and to see these things come to fruition. Yep. On the small screen and big screen. Yep. Whether you love it or hate it, it's just cool that it's happening. Yep. Because because guess what? When we were growing up in, in in you know seventies, eighties, and nineties, nobody would have thought you'd see you know 
a brand new Voltron or Transformers on the big screen, whether you love it or hate it, or G.I. Joe, like buying a bucket of popcorn and sitting in a movie theater and watching a G.I. Joe movie with everybody or, you know, watching Captain America and Iron Man and Spidey all on the screen at the same. No one could have ever seen that ever. Uh, on to the uh, on to the second segment of the show. Where's the beef? Yep. I know I have a major fucking beef right now. Yes. Um, we were considering doing just a, a show, a show, a show. <laughs> I can't <laughs> fucking talk. A show entirely on this topic. We were going to do a special edition, collector's edition, but unfortunately, the person that was responsible for the documentary, you know, he didn't have um, his schedule basically conflicted with the shows, so we couldn't get him on. My beef is with Bob Kane. For those who do not know, Bob Kane took the credit for creating Batman yep. pretty much the entire time people knew Batman as the character. Um, what's the best way to describe this? Um, two talented individuals decided to partner up with one individual that was more talented than the other, lending his creative chops to bring the other individual's vision to life. Uh, the individual who contributed the bulk of the ideas gets fucked over, and uh, the guy who does the fucking over proceeds to ride off into the sunset, reaping all the rewards, while the creative individual that was part of this endeavor just faded away into obscurity. So basically, you know, I, I heard whispers and would read things here and there, about a, a, a man, a gentleman named Bill Finger. And I, I finally decided to really kind of investigate more about it. I uh, just one of those days where I didn't have a whole lot to do. And I said, you know what, let me, let me start digging in this. And then I came across a documentary called, I believe it's called, um, uh, was Batman it? and Bill. Batman and Bill. And basically, it, it tells a story. What, what, what's the. Um, the uh the guy's name who, who does it mark tyler nobleman there you go mark mark tyler nobleman he uh spent an incredible amount of time and years putting this documentary together i know that it's on hulu if you want to try to watch you know you could ask 50 cent how to watch <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> yeah, fucking motherfuckers right <laughs> just ask 50 cent where you could watch this fucking flick he can tell you yep Anybody out there who knows what I'm talking about yep. knows what I'm talking about. But basically, you know, Bob Kane, whenever, whenever you would read or see anything has to do with Batman, you would see Bob Kane's name attached with the creator of, of Batman, which is not the case. Correct. Bob Kane basically thought of, of an idea of Batman, but the drawing that he came up with looks nothing like what we grew up with. Nope. And the drawing that they came up with was a, a, a guy in a, in a red spandex looking outfit with wings, like, like kind of like a bat, kind of like a demon. Yep. Um, the mask, a domino mask, which for those who don't know, a domino mask is basically the little, the little piece of, uh, I don't know, fucking leather or plastic that goes over Robin's eyes, just right. covers the eyes. And, he knew that it was it was a pretty shitty creation, so he went to this guy by the name of, of Bill Finger, who he knew was a real creative guy, and it was Bill Finger's idea to change that entire thing. It was Bill Finger who basically said, this is not going to scare anybody. 
He darkened the costume. He gave him the cowl. He gave him the cape. He basically he basically created Batman. You know, Bob Kane came up with the idea, but Mr. Finger is the one who just basically perfected the character absolutely into the character that we know today. And for many years, they basically had a handshake. It seemed that uh, that Mr. Finger was just a really good dude, and they didn't have anything in writing. And Bob would basically turn in all the work, and 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 that's nothing. Bill was writing the stories. That's right. Um, I got really crazy with this documentary to the point where, like, I stopped watching it, and I had to call up Rich and tell him, "Listen, we got to talk about this. This is fucking beyond disturbing." Yep. As an artist myself, I would be out of my fucking mind if someone took all my ideas and didn't at least forget about the money didn't at least give me the credit for it yep and basically bob kane was getting paid for god knows how many years getting paid a lot a lot of money yep for basically taking mr bill finger's creativity and slapping his name on it and turning that work into dc headquarters pretty much um the thing that bothered me the most when I was watching the documentary is that and this shit this shit really bothers me that all, all this time you know Bob Kane was becoming not only rich but ex- extremely um famous and Bill just um ended up passing away by himself in his apartment and there was a point in the documentary that basically says that you know he died and was put in, in in a potter's field, and what a potter's field is is for people who don't have family, and um, there's no one to take care of them and, and put them in a regular cemetery. Orphans go there. Homeless people end up going into a potter's field. And, and right. When I saw that, I was out of my fucking mind. Yep. It turns out later on in the story, because I continued to watch that, that's not where he ended up. Thank God. But the way he passed away. You know, it really bothered me. He passed away in his apartment, basically with the TV on, and the covers kind of up to his up to his face. Um, it's just a really fucking sad story because I, I I really wished I really wished that he had been alive to see him actually get the credit on the big screen and in the writing. But this guy who did this documentary, he is responsible. He is responsible for Bill Finger. Yep. Getting the credit for all of his creations, he yep. this guy fucking did so much work. I love due diligence. I love people like him, man, because he was fucking relentless. Yep, he was relentless. He wasn't taking no for an answer. He wasn't letting anybody that was closing doors on him stop him from uncovering the truth. Yep. And I cannot urge you people enough to watch this freaking documentary. Yep, it's 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 incredible. I had Rich come over. He watched it with me. That was probably like the fifth time I watched it. Please, 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 please watch this documentary. If you're a fan of Batman, if you're a fan of comic books, if you're a fan of artists, just watch this because it, it, it gives the truth and the history about Batman and who really created it. You know, yep. Bob, Bob Kane is a fucking piece of shit. Absolutely. And um, uh, we're going to go one step further. Uh Starting with the release of this episode up until the release of the next episode, uh, I am going to get with Jimbo Slice and we're going to give one lucky listener or reader a copy of Bill the Boy Wonder, the secret co-creator of Batman by Mark Tyler Nobleman. Um, rules are real simple. When we drop the show, 
and we put it on social, reshare the show on your social media, tag us. Uh, probably we'll do it through Instagram, maybe through Facebook also. We'll see. And um, we will announce it. We'll pick a winner at random and announce it on the episode in two weeks. Let me and, ask you a quick question. It says Bill the Boy Wonder, the secret co-creator of Batman. Yep. But isn't the documentary called... Batman and Bill. Right. Right. These are two different things. Well, the, he did the book first, and then he released the documentary after. Right. Afterwards, to chronicle the story within the book. Okay. So... But we're gonna give we're gonna give some some one one reader one reader one listener one lucky listener yep is gonna get the book um you know you can watch the documentary on Hulu or like Jimbo Slice said hit up Fifty Cent yeah he'll, he'll, hit he'll up, gladly hit up Curtis yeah he'll gladly tell you where else you can watch it but um you know we want to get the story out there um what happened to this to to this guy this this creative talent was was genuinely a crime and um, the fact that he couldn't reap the spoils of his creativity now that you know batman is everywhere is a disservice so you know we want to do our part uh to raise awareness about this story and you know we got the platform to do it so you know we want to make sure you know one lucky listener gets their hands on the book. obviously you can watch the documentary you know bill and batman but we we definitely encourage you to to read yep we encourage you to read yep it has the book has really beautiful illustrations which we got to see in in Batman and Bill in the documentary, uh, really great job. And um, you know, Mark Tyler Nobleman did uh, uh, just an, an amazing job, and he championed uh, the rights of an individual who, if nobody stood up for him, he wouldn't have got the recognition he deserved. It's it's honestly <clears throat> that was one of the most heartbreaking documentary slash films that I've ever watched in my life. Definitely, it definitely tugged on the heartstrings, and you know. The uh, you know, there was a happy ending, obviously, but kind of, sort of, kind of. You know what it is? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it was a fifty-fifty. It wasn't. It was it, not for me. It wasn't because I just it, it really bothered me that he passed away the way he did. Oh yeah. And then douchebag wants to fucking acknowledge what really happened. Kind of. Well, you know, how many years later? When he did that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig into into the crates. It reminded me. Of when OJ pulled the, I'm gonna write this book called "If I Did It," when you know about about the murder of his wife, and I'm like, get the fuck out of it, you know. It's like for you to loosely, backhandedly be like, oh yeah, you know, I kind of feel that song, Bill bro. was fifty percent responsible. This fucking guy, Bob Kane. Yep. Uh, I don't know how old he would be if he was still alive today, but he he would be a real old guy. Yep. And whether he would be 85 or 95, I think if he was still alive, I would probably seek him out and fucking cave in his fucking esophagus. I am, um, you know, seeing seeing that documentary with you and just seeing what was done to to Bill Finger and how they how he played it. They and, interviewed Kevin Smith in the film. Yep. They interviewed. It was a who's who of great. They, people. Yeah, they interviewed Todd McFarlane and Todd really said it best he really he really hit the home run he hit the nail on the head when he said that you know most artists or or, or creators they do it because they, they love what they do they're passionate about it and they don't think about becoming famous yep that's kind of like the aftermath it's like oh it's cool like i became famous with this group of people where bob kane he was mainly all about doing it for the fame yeah doing it for the fame and doing it for the money not not because he yep. was so passionate and loved what he did but his 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 motive was money and fame. Yep. And he 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 got a lot of that 
and he he made a fortune and a lifestyle off of somebody else's fucking creativity. Absolutely. You know, he he to me he's the ultimate fucking piece of shit. Yeah. I hate that fucking guy's guts, and yeah. I hate the fucking fact that his name is attached to everything. Batman. Period. You know yep. what I'm saying? I just I I I I fucking genuinely hate that man's guts. Yeah. To 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 see to see what was done to Bill Finger and and the way that it was that it was orchestrated and you know just taking advantage of you know handshake agreements and you know the the relationship and the way that it was done and how it played out is just like i said it, it you know jimbo slice said it best you know it's it's a heartbreaking story and um you know i i i'm not going to lie to you man the part in the document documentary when his buddy when he talks about how he found him how he yep. passed away when i first watched that shit i was my levels of anger while watching the film was just increasing minute by minute. <clears throat> but when I actually saw his friend talk about how he found him and you could see the tears in his eyes. Yep, his eyes were welled up. I was fucking getting teary eyed. Like, oh, yeah, it was and, heartbreaking. Like, I want to fucking, I want to like go to where Bob Kane is buried, dig him up, punch his fucking skeleton in the fucking face, and just throw his bones all over the fucking cemetery. It was, it, it was, you know, it's a, it's a documentary that'll definitely, you know, tug at the heartstrings and it'll also, it'll anger you because, you know, what was done to, to Bill Finger and it's a story that, like I said, and it even was, it even was mentioned in the documentary, you know, everybody uh, puts Batman and Bob Kane together and it's, there's such a deeper story and such a deeper narrative. And as, as I said before, we're, we're doing our best to, to ensure that the real story gets out there. And they they go on to talk about how in 1965 was the first was the first official Comic Con, and it was considered the first official Comic Con because it was the first time a show that was done where it wasn't just people selling selling books. There was actual, you know, the actual creators for certain things were there. You know, the who's who uh, of of the comic book industry at the time, and you know, <laughs> basically, there's a story where. These couple of guys, they walk in there and they they were asked, "Do you want to meet the creator of Batman?" And like, "Oh my God, we're going to meet Bob Kane." And they're like, "Oh, this is they introduced Bill Finger." And they were like, "What?" You know, that was like, and then he kind of just somehow throughout the course of time got brushed under the carpet. You know, yep. it, it's really, really, really fucking sad. The the in in basically what Bob Kane did was tell a lie long enough, it becomes truth. Basically, and you know. This guy, you know, Mr. Finger, he he didn't have the type of money to fight that type of thing. And, it, you know, he passed away eventually in 1974, way before that piece of shit Bob Kane did. Yep. Um, I, I really just encourage everybody, especially you, Scavone. I know you're listening to this show. Um, I really encourage everybody to, to watch that documentary. I mean, it, it really should enrage you as much as it enraged me. Like I said, I, I really want to go to Bob's gravesite, dig him up, and just fucking stomp on his bones fucking piece of shit i wish i could bring him back to life and fucking give him cancer and watch him fucking die a slow miserable death i wish i could give his fucking cancer cells the fucking aids plague fucking cocksucker jesus nah that that shit was disturbing man i didn't no, like it, definitely it at all was. i hated every minute of it um yeah so that's my beef for this week bob kane yeah, I um I'm gonna echo Jimbo Slice's sentiment because the the documentary definitely you know it it touched some nerves as a creator you know I've been 
creating a long time and it's you know you see your shit out there somebody else put their name on it you know you just want to find them and, and beat the fuck out of them so and, and just just more so that he had the money yep to to help out bill while he wasn't in good health yep and he fucking he let, could have paid him a he check f- on the DL. And he just, fucking let that guy fucking die, bro. Alone. He'll fucking let that d- die, uh, die alone, die basically broke. Yep. You know, like, oh, my God. Yo, where is fucking Bob's fucking grave? I don't know, but I'm sure we could find that. Yeah. <laughs> fucking take a, a little fucking vacation. <laughs> oh, take a little field trip. There fucking you go. guy, man. I, dude, that shit just enrages me. Anyways... Watch, watch the documentary. I please just watch it. I, I want everybody who who who's in the comic books and, and that world to really know the truth yep. of that story. And there's no one there's no one no way to tell it better than by watching that documentary and, and reading this book, which we yep. will, we will be giving one of these lucky listeners a copy of. That's right. Um, moving on to the final segment, the third segment, the cosign time. Yes, sir. What do you got this week for me? I am cosigning uh, Atomic Blonde. I knew uh, that. Charling, uh, starring Charlize Theron, uh, came out in theaters last Friday, uh, based on the graphic novel The Coldest City, uh, one of two books. I actually did a little due diligence before I saw the, the movie and started reading uh, the graphic novel. Uh, basically, the short version is that Atomic Blonde follows a uh, MI6 operative, Lorraine Broughton, who is, goes to Berlin. Uh, the film takes place in 1989 to retrieve the body of a dead agent who she was also secretly involved with. And the agent had on him a list that would reveal the identities of covert operatives throughout the world. Of course, the list is taken from her dead lover by a rival agent. And basically the film follows her trying to get to the bottom of where this list is, who took it. And of course, who killed the MI6 operative who she was in a relationship with. Uh, very violent, uh, has a lot of elements similar to John Wick, uh, Jason Bourne, a little bit of the uh, Daniel Craig 007 movies. You know, fight choreography was very realistic, very violent, uh, very close quarter. Um, but the story was awesome. But the real star of the film was the soundtrack. Uh, the film taking place in 1989 had a lot of, uh, late 80s classics um, just songs that you hear and they're just iconic for a variety of reasons and it really added to the overall story of the film uh, alongside Charlize Theron in the film was uh, James McAvoy who was really really good in the film he um, he played a character named David Percival who was supposed to be her contact her MI6 contact in Berlin and he was just you know asshole dialed up to 11 uh, the film is a really fun ride. Like I said, if you like films in the same vein as, you know, John Wick or uh, the Jason Bourne films and you appreciate like really sim- not simplistic, but just really cut and dry spy films, you will appreciate Atomic Blonde. Like I said, based on the graphic novel, The Coldest City, uh, it's one of two books that are out for it. You can pick those up. I'll put links in the description for this episode and you can also check out the review for the film on RageWorks.net also. That's your only cosign for this week? Yeah, that's that's yeah. the one that jumps out. I, I actually have a couple. Um, right. I made a new friend who happens to be extremely passionate and very talented. Um, 
if you want, like, all right, so how do you pronounce this again? The fondant? Fondant. Right? Yes. Fondant cakes, which, you know, I've, I know very little about. I just know it's a lot of work. This girl, Christy, makes some amazing fondant cakes. I was showing Rich before we started, you know, recording the show, this Pac-Man cake that she did that looks exactly like the video game. Yeah, that is really good. Basically comes to life on a freaking cake. I don't know how the hell she does this. Uh, between that, the, the the Mets cake, my personal favorite, she doesn't even know, but the Peter Pan cake that she did with the Never Grow Up, with the hat, with the feather. Like, Peter Pan is one of my favorite, favorite characters and favorite movies of all time. Like, this really, she hit a home run with this one. She has no idea. But if you want custom cakes done, you can check her out on Instagram. It's custom underscore cakes underscore by underscore. There's <laughs> a lot of underscores, huh? Yep. Um, uh, Christy. And that's Christy with a K. All right. So name is Christy Mayer. It's custom underscore, underscore cakes underscore by underscore Christy with a K. K-R-I-S-T-Y. Go check her out on Instagram. She's extremely, extremely talented, and she's extremely passionate about what she does, and I love that about her. I I love people who are passionate about whatever it is they do in life. I find people who don't necessarily have, not even don't collect things, but don't have a passion for something that really just don't love something, I find people like that very fucking boring. Like, you're an interesting guy. You have a lot of of passions, whether it's... The computers, you know, the video games, the comic books. You have a lot of interest. You're an interesting guy. Me and you, we could fucking talk for freaking weeks. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's it's just easy to talk with you. It's easy to get along. I find people that are not into something very fucking dull and boring. And she's not a dull and boring person. Very interesting person. And it made me really start talking to her. She has a very interesting tattoo on, on her forearm. She has a tattoo of a whisk. And I was like, why? I mean, I, I pretty much, you know, I figured out that, you know, she has to do something with cooking, right? Right. And she's like, oh, you know, you know, I, I'm a baker. I bake things. And I was like, wow, to the point where you felt the need to get a tattoo. You know, for me, all my ink has severe meaning to me. Yep. So, you know, I kind of connected with her. But when I took a look at her Instagram, I was like, holy shit, this is no joke. And it's a lot of work involved with that stuff. So if you're looking to get a, a, a custom cake done... That is the person you want to see because, believe me, I tell you, she does some incredible work and she just doesn't slop stuff out, man. She um, wants to do things correctly and she wants to satisfy the customer. So definitely I'm co-signing Christy for Custom Cakes by Christy. Also, I'm going to keep on talking about it until it happens. Sunday, August 20th, Long Island Comic Book Expo, Rockville Center, you know, over at the uh, Best Western, that's me and my buddy Greg's show. Come down. We're going to have not one, but two <laughs> two very special guests, which I'm not announcing yet. We have an artist alley that's stacked with amazing talent. We got, we just signed on a vendor, my buddy Donnie, who his, his booth slash table is going to be strictly dedicated to He-Man and Master of the Universe. I, I love that idea that it's just that and that only. We have some amazing comic book dealers. We're going to have Silver Age books. We're going to have Golden Age books. We're going to have current books. We will have variants. We will have action figures and statues 
and those plastic fucking little pieces of shit pops. We will have our buddy Cliff Lee in the house selling, you know, all kinds of uh, clothing and shirts, comic book related stuff. It's going to be, it's not this huge, extravagant, you know, con. It's going to be a very, very humble yet very quality show. I promise it's going to be a good time. We hired a, a woman to, you know, paint kids' faces, whatever character they want to do. I'm hoping to have a, another balloon guy there to do the balloons for the characters for the kids. And, yo, know, it ain't just for kids. You know what? Maybe I'll, I might get my face painted that day. I might, you know, too. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm there to have a good time as well as, as run the show. Um, come check out Rich and meet, and, and meet Rich from the show because he will be manning our booth. We'll have our own table in our booth. Rich will be, you know, selling off a lot of the shit that I wish he would be keeping, but his own personal comic book stash and yep. whatever other goodies he plans on bringing. I, I have, um, I got some tricks up my sleeve of what I'm bringing that day for the show for the table, but we have all very, very, very quality vendors. It is free parking. It is within a few feet, literally a few feet away from the long Island railroad. So, you know, if you don't have a car, you could take the train right to the hotel and just literally get off the train and walk into the hotel. Everything is very accessible. There are plenty of places to eat in Rockville Center. Yep. It's from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., so we're giving you the bulk of the day. And it's on a Sunday, which most most people, not all, but most people are off on Sundays. So please come down. Have a great time. We're making it super affordable. It's only 5 bucks for the entry fee. You can actually purchase tickets early through the website that we posted. Yep, which I'm sure Rich will put every link for that. Yep, on the show notes on his website, RageWorks.net. Yep, and those are the two co two things that I'm co-signing this week. Yep, and you know what it is, I co-signed the film, and for you know Jimbo Slice to to co-sign the Long Island Comic Book Expo, I didn't need to co-sign it. You want to know why? Because I'm all in. So you know, for me to co-sign something that I'm all in for, for me, it's no necessity. We 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 you know, we ride together, we die together, you know? So for me, you know, this is, this is something Jimbo Slice has been incredibly passionate about for the longest time. And he kept telling me, dude, I'm going to do my own show. I'm going to do my own show. I'm going to do my own show. And here we are. Jimbo Slice is doing his own show. So if you're in the five boroughs, uh, and if you're not, you know, if you're, if you're making a trip out to New York and you want to check out something cool, uh, going back to grassroots, going back to what made cons fun and enjoyable for everybody, making it about the books, the collectibles, and everything associated with it. You know, take that Sunday, head out to Rockville Center, and definitely check it out. Links for that will be, of course, as he stated, in the show notes for this episode. And, of course, you can check it out on social media because Jimbo Slice has been sharing it. And also you can find the Long Island Comic Book Expo on Instagram with plenty of pictures keeping you up to date on what's going on from cosplayers and independent artists and a couple of guests that will also be at the show. Yeah, I can't wait to to actual. I can't wait to tell and drop the bomb of of who we of who we locked down for the show. But it, it's 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 a little bit of a nod this show to the old school comic book shows that me and Rich talk about from time to time. Yep, with um a, a, an updated format, an updated version, and every and everything that has to do with this show and that's associated with this expo is comic book related. You're not going to walk into our event and have a porn star next to a wrestler next to a guy selling like knives and swords. That's nope. not the case here. Everything is comic book related, family friendly, and I'm, I'm, I'm making it super affordable. And I, and I want the kids. That's another thing too. 
kids ten and under are free. Yep. And, I, and I want I want to see the, I want to see the kids there. I want to see the kids smiling. I know all my friends' kids are coming dressed up. So and you know it's just a good day for the family. Period. It's going to be a really 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 fun event. And um, I appreciate anybody who shows up to this show because I I plan on doing more of these. That is the goal, ladies and gents. And of course, we will keep you updated on all developments related to the Long Island Comic Book Expo whether on air through the variant issue or on the site as well. Well, you know what, man? That's, uh, wow, I can't believe this. Episode 20 is uh, bagged and boarded. So uh, all the nerds, geeks, mutants, and freaks, we appreciate every one of you who listened to the show. And, uh, wow, man, more than half this year is gone, and it's episode 20. This is crazy. That's it. Onwards to episode 25 and 30. All right, guys, we will catch you guys in two weeks. Peace.